Can I be honest? I was not going to podcast today. I wasn't in the mood. I was like, I got Monday. I can come back on Monday and I can record a really, really banging podcast. Because I, 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 have, I have a lot of stuff prepared today. But um, I got so enraged. I got so angry. Because I was watching House MD. I've been watching that. It's not a very good show. I don't care what anyone says. It's not a very good show. I don't know how it lasted for so long, but it's not a very good show. And I got to the to the like the last part of of season five, and then I was like, okay, I'll move on to season six. There's like there's there's season six, season seven, then there's season eight. I only had three seasons left, and then I was like, you know what? I'll, like I think the beginning of season six is pretty stupid. So I was like, you know what? Let me try and figure out what's going to happen. And the entire I went on the Wikipedia, and the entire season, the series was spoiled for me. That was okay. Because I then thought to myself, you know what, maybe I'll just skip ahead to, you know, part of the final season and then I'll, and then I'll freaking, I'll, I'll pick up the TV show from there. But then, I started to read the character, the character, the summarizations, the synopsis for the characters, and they were all terrible. I'm not gonna spoil it if you ever want, you know, I'll, I'll spoil it because it's a bad TV show. Chase, one of the main characters, gets divorced by Cameron. Cameron goes off because she doesn't like how Chase, how Chase's influence, or not Chase's influence, but how House influenced Chase. I'm like, what? That doesn't make any sense. She likes House. But apparently she doesn't like Chase anymore because he, he's, he's turned into a mini House. And then Chase goes back to working with House, which is a terrible idea, by the way. Cuddy resigns. Huddy is no longer a thing anymore. House and Huddy makes Huddy. House and Cuddy makes Huddy. And then she just goes off in the distance. She's been in, in the freaking TV show for seven years, and she just leaves. And then House fakes his death. He goes with, with, with Wilson at the end of the show on a motorcycle ride because apparently Wilson only has five months to live. And, and, and he fakes his death for, for a reason that I don't even care about anymore. That's the series that I got. That's the end of the series. What a terrible series. And it, some people complain about Game of Thrones being terrible as the series ending. God, oh my God. I would rather have, I didn't even watch the Game of Thrones series. I know how it ends. Series finale. I didn't watch it, but I know how it ends. Jesus Christ. Like I was about to sit there. And just finish off some, some more, watch some more house before I started to edit a video that I got to get out. Some work I got to do. And I'm like, I'll watch some house and then I'll get to work on it later on. And then I'm like, no, I'm done. I'm, I'm done with that TV show. What's going to be my next TV show? I got to get another one. Because that sucked balls. And then I watched Chuck. Because I saw some of the scenes from... oh, I saw, It was the exact same way that I got pulled in the house. I saw some of the TV show like highlights on YouTube. And I was like, let me see if I have that on my Amazon Prime. Turns out I do. But also, apparently, you can watch House Everywhere because it's a free show. Because the NBC is like, it's, it's such a terrible show. We're not going to be able to have it. We're not going to be able to have people pay for it online. So we'll have it be for free. On our TV show or on our network, I can't. I'm going on iTunes right now. Can I get the TV show for free? I can. No, apparently I can't get it for free. Wait, can I get it for free? I'm on iTunes. They said it's for free. Is it a subscription-based service? 
iTunes just pulled up on my on my computer. Yes, we're going over this before I do anything else on the podcast because this really pissed me off. I don't care about season eight. Season eight, oh my god! And it had it had some it had moments. It had really good moments. That's what I'm pissed off about. Is that the really good moments are offset by the really terrible endings of the TV show. Jesus Christ. I really liked parts of House. And it just went tits up. Where is it? iTunes Store. TV shows. Looking up House. Where is it? Rick and Morty is supposed to come on tonight. I'm recording right now The Last Dance. Let me go, let me go ahead and freaking apparently Scooby-Doo Scooby-Doo where are you? I'm on iTunes right now. They're advertising Scooby-Doo where are you the entire series for freaking $19. How many freaking episodes is that? It's like 41 episodes. Are you kidding me? This looks like the 1950s or 60s TV show and it's I'm pissed, I'm so pissed off, I'm I'm complaining about everything. Like, how is the entire series 40 episodes and it's $19? It's like the 50s one, the 50s TV show, because Scooby-Doo has apparently been around for uh, for almost uh, almost 60 plus years. I'm getting pissed off the longer I can't find it. I, I hate how iTunes works. I'm trying to search house... But it thinks that I'm trying to look up artists. I'm like, iTunes, hey, 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 iTunes. I'm trying to look it up on your freaking show. I'm not trying to look it up on iTunes Music. I'm trying to look it up as a TV show. God damn it. God, I hate the new iTunes app on my computer. It sucks. Why can't I find house? You know what? Fuck this. I'm done. I'm I'm not gonna... Long story short, I got so pissed off that I'm like, you know what? Let me unload my load on on, on, on what I gotta talk about today on the podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, it is a lot. But first, let let me just... Am I done talking about House? Let me look up a TV show to make me, like, to make me happy. You know, I gotta, I gotta find something else. I, I started watching Gravity Falls as well. To be honest with you, I'm I'm also balls deep in Anna Karenna as well. I don't like any of, of some of the like the way that Amazon's TV shows look. Like, I don't like any of them at all. I keep getting advertisements for Honey Boy. I'm like, I may want to watch that. I saw that new Pete Davidson movie with um, Marie, Marissa Tomei and Bill Burr. I'm like, I got to watch that. Oh my god, that movie, that TV show, man. I spent months slow-pacingly watching it. I pretty much started to watch it after I finished off the entire Shameless series. I'm all caught up on, I'm all caught up on Shameless. Shameless, you know, has been around for like 10 years. It's had some moments. It's had some okay moments here and there with, um, you know, with with the current season. Because, you know, I, I won't spoil Shameless because I actually love that TV show. But it's had some moments, some good and bad moments. But I love Shameless. I can't wait for what's going to happen in the next season. 
if it's going to be released this year because of the coronavirus. Jesus Christ, I cannot believe, I, I cannot believe, get this, get, get this off my feet. How do I get this off? I don't want to, I don't want to know my watch list. Get it off of my watch list, Amazon. I'm so sick and tired of seeing that TV show and House in his freaking handcuffs. Because apparently he ran a, a car into Cuddy's house and then she and then she broke up with him because she uh, because he took Vicodin because she thought because he thought that she was dying and then she leaves and that's her, that's the end of her arc. Are you kidding me? Oh God! Hold on, let me mute this. I can't. And uh, you know what? I I I'm gonna watch Hangover. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna watch the Hangover. What is what am I? What is this that keeps on? God. Fuck, I, I, what is on my feed right now on Netflix? Working moms? Seriously? I didn't even want to watch this. Why are all of my shows out of whack on Netflix? I got this indie, I got Bog, Bog, this guy who freaking, who, who is one of my sister's friends. My sister gave this son of a bitch our Netflix password. And now this motherfucker, instead of watching all of his shows on another freaking person's, uh, uh, like, freaking, you know how, like, you can have multiple different, like, persons using the same Netflix account? Well, this son of a bitch uses my Netflix account to watch his own goddamn TV show, and now I got too hot to handle, and the innocent files, oh my goddamn continue watching list! I'm starting to get pissed off. I'm starting to get real pissed off. You can see how I'm, how I was like, I got it. Now I got to just start talking about what the hell's going on here. Because I'm getting really pissed off. I can't believe I spent the last three months watching House. That's, that's really where I'm getting, that's, that's where my frustration really is. Three months, no return. Bitch, please. He watches the worst movies ever, like lust stories. Dude, why are you watching lust stories? Apparently, it's in a, it's in a different language too. Immoral lie tales, huh? It's a 1974 movie. Is it a good movie? I don't, I don't know 1974 movies. They don't have autoplay. He's he's been watching the clown, the crown. I don't know if that's a good show. And the office, obviously, that's one of my favorite shows too. I'm getting, I'm getting real pissed off. I'm, I'm getting really pissed off. Oh my god, what a disastrous way to end one of my favorite TV shows. I liked it kind of because of how bad it was and because of how how obnoxious House is as a character, and everybody lets lets him get away with it for really no reason whatsoever. They're just like, yeah, you know, you can be a cunt. To um to everybody, but we won't check you on that at all. Now this is starting to get a rant. That's this is starting to get a little bit ridiculous. Long story short, um, I'm glad that I stopped watching it. I'm sick and tired of it. I can't stand it. It's dead to me. House, you're fucking dead to me. Get this shit off my tip. How do I get rid? I want I, I want to scorch the earth with. I don't ever want to hear anything about House MD ever again. Play my damn music. Oh wait! Fuck's sake! I muted. I muted my computer audio. I was like, "Play my music," and you can't hear it. Hold on. Frick! I played it again and I didn't unmute it. Hold on. <clears throat> there you go. Wait. 
There we go. Oh, God. Ladies and gentlemen, after a 11-plus minute rant talking about the horrible TV show of House, don't watch it. It's not very good. Watch Shameless. It's better. It's everything that House wishes they could be, but they aren't because they're on NBC instead of sh- instead of Showtime. Watch Shameless. It's on Netflix. It's better. You don't have to pay $50 for an Amazon Prime freaking subscription. I am 24. This is my podcast, 24's podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. You can find this podcast. God damn it, I'll, sh- I'll tell you where you can find this podcast when I'm done with my damn podcast. But you can pretty much find it anywhere. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast. Yes, even Spotify. You can find it on Spotify. <clears throat> today, what do I have for you today? That I was going to have for you on Monday, but I got so pissed off at house. I was like, let's do it today. I'm pissed off. I'm ready to go. Jason Garrett should never be hired as a head coach ever again. See how this fits into my rate? My issues with anger. I got to express that someplace. I can't yell at somebody, but I can yell into a microphone and that's healthy. And apparently it's entertainment. So yes, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be talking about how Jason Garrett should never, ever, 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 ever. We are never, ever, ever getting back together. I got to play that song now. I got to play it now. Yes, I'm playing T-Swizzle. Oh my god. Hold on. Hold on. I gotta put on my girl T Swizzle. I'm really pissed off now. I'm like, I never played Taylor Swift on the damn podcast. Now I gotta play T Swizzle. <clears throat> I remember when we broke up the first time saying this is it, I've had enough. Like Turn it up! It's T Swizzle, god damn it! It's T Swizzle! What? Then you come around again and say, baby, I miss you and I swear I'm gonna change. Trust me. Get him out, T Swizzle! Get him out! I hate you, we break up, you call me, I love you. Get his ass out of your apartment! You're too good for him! He's too bad! He's terrible! Break him off! Getting back together. I can't sing like these whistles. You get the point. Oh my god. House. Hey, House MD. House MD. Never again. Oh my god. That's such a terrible show. Ever. 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 Why am, I ye- why am I yelling so much? Jesus Christ, just a TV show. <clears throat> I can't even, like, I can't even freaking do my intro. That's how discombobulated, that, that's how terrible that TV show is. Taylor Swift, he's at a party with another girl. Don't go back to him. Oh my God, he's at the cliched bar with girl with glasses. Taylor Swift, they're making moves out there. Oh my god. Why are you in his car? Get out of his car! Alright, I'm done listening to this. <laughs> I'm a sim. I like Taylor Swift a lot. I like girl. I think she makes good music. 
I think she pours her heart in her music. You know, apparently she doesn't have a lot of songs that are written by a lot of people. You can tell they're written by her. I like that she puts it out there. I like that. I like that she doesn't care what people think thinks about her. I've been listening to this girl for like 10 years. I thought she was like 40 years old because she's been around forever. But nope, she's like 30. How is she 30? She's been she's been popular since she was like 16 years old. What? How does that how does that happen? Jesus Christ. I was going to play that new Takashi 69 song to be the intro, but then I was like I don't actually like that song that much. It's only, it's only, you know what? Should I play it? It's, hold on. Let me listen to it for like two seconds. It's only good in the sense of like how good it is trolling everyone who thought that he was like gone and stuff like that. But it's really not that good of a song. And then on top of that, he has like all these flashing lights in it and I'm like, ugh. I think it's hilarious how much he was trolling in this song. But I'm like, when was the last, what was his album that he released? Has he released, has he released an album? I don't know. I will say this. I don't mind him snitching after watching the Instagram video where he's talking about how like all of my friends pretty much like robbed me and tried to kill me and they kidnapped my mom and then they slept with my baby mama while I was on tour making money for not only my baby mama but also for the friend that was sleeping with me on um sleeping not sleeping on me but sleeping with the baby mama I was like at that point I was like all right yeah yeah all right I don't mind it I don't mind it that much some people are going to hate but I'm like listen but he, but he said something actually kind of interesting and I was like okay you know that's that, that's that's kind of truthful that's 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 honest he said uh you know why would I be honest not honest but why would I like what's the word why would I be loyal to them in court when they're not loyal to me out of court he said something along those lines or he tried to say it it's like why would I be loyal to them when they're not loyal when uh why would I be loyal to them in a courtroom when they're not loyal to me in the streets I was like, all right, you know what? I get it. I didn't, I didn't get that. Like all this other shit had happened, but I was like, I get it. I'm not hating on him that much. Especially when it's like the trolling in that song, Gooba, is it Gaba? It's got like, like, I think the reason why he named it Gaba is because he's like, gobble up these nuts. It's like Ligma, right? Again, trolling. But uh, Meek Mill and 50 Cent, they're not about snitching. And I'm like, if all your homies were doing you dirty, I'm like, I don't know necessarily how, how loyal I would be to my homies if they weren't loyal to me. And apparently they robbed this dude. Apparently, like, I'm not, like, my point is I'm not that mad at him. I'm more mad at his boys that robbed him. I'm like, now I'm on, I was like, I was trolling Takashi 69 but I was like, you know what? He's still not that good of a rapper. He has a he has a great like punk rock voice, but I was like, you know what? Excuse me. Respect to him doing what he needs to do to take care of his fu- his family himself when everybody else was doing him dirty. I was like, they had a bunch of, like everybody's calling him a rat, but he was surrounded by a bunch of rats and snakes. Like, 
I like I know I've I've really gone off the rails with this. This is a video gaming and sports podcast. Now I'm talking about how I was talking about House. Now I'm talking about Takashi Six Nine. I like I'm mad about a lot. I, I'm that damn show made me pissed off. You know what? You know what? I'm doing it. Hold on. Hold on. You're mad. I'm back. Turn it up. He's mad. She's mad. Big sad. Ha ha. Don't care. Stay mad. Ah ha. Ah ha. Ha ha. Bitch, I'm loving because you big messy. Like, he has a cool voice. You know, it sounds like he's, you know, he's almost like a, a rock singer or whatever. He doesn't sound like a rapper. Like, I was listening to Eminem when I was working out today. I was, I, you know, I was I was listening to, uh, what's that, uh, the new album. Because uh, I've been listening to that for the last, like, week or so. And I'm like, wow, I thought that that album wasn't necessarily very good. But then I listened to it when I had some headspace, when I had some time to really think about it. Ironically enough, it's when I'm working out. By the way, I'm I'm hurt. My knee kind of sucks, but that's that's beyond the point. But I was listening to that song, and I was like, not not that song, but that album, "Music to Be Murdered By," and I was like, wow, I was dead wrong about that album. It's a great album. But Takashi Six Nine doesn't sound like Eminem. He like, in my opinion, I think Takashi has a more unique voice than Eminem. But I think Eminem is just a overall better rapper, as evident by the. The track record. <laughs> like I don't even need to say. I don't even need. I don't even need to justify Eminem. It's like this track record. How did this go from like my intro music to Taylor Swift to Takashi Six Nine? I mean, I'm in. Mean, I'm in a 20 minute video. I'm not a 20 minute freaking intro. Get it together, 24. Stop being so freaking pissed off. You need to control yourself. I gotta, I, I'll, I'll keep on Taylor Swift. Oh my God. Where was I? Oh yeah, hold on. Let me reintroduce myself. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, 24's podcast, best video gaming sports podcast on the entire internet. Uh, we got Jason Garrett stuff today. Um, also, I want to talk about quarterbacks. Because everybody and their mother keeps on coming up with the same narrative. You can't win a Super Bowl without a without you know you know you can't win, you can't win football games when when you're paying your quarterback a lot of money and that's why you can't pay Dak Prescott any money. That's why you can't pay anybody any money. Watch Kansas City and and whoever Deshaun signs with win a damn Super Bowl because they got an actual quarterback. I'll dis, I'll dispel those rumors about not paying quarterbacks here and and on, on the podcast coming up here shortly. Also, uh, Joe Testatore and Booger McFarland. They're not of ESPN Monday Night Football anymore. I got two suggestions for you. One should be pretty obvious. One, probably not. Ladies and gentlemen, all that much, much more right here. 24th Podcast. Awesome. Awesome stuff. So usually I like to, you know, uh, come into a podcast after I've watched The Last Dance. It's on right now. Do I got it recording? I I, I know I recorded it before I came on the podcast. I just want, I just, I'm, I'm doing my due diligence here. I better have had it recorded. Cool. I got both the episodes recorded. I'm going to watch both of them after I'm done here. Technically after I'm done editing a video. 
And then, uh, <clears throat> and then I'll go to sleep. And then I'll wake up in the morning, do all this shit all over again. All right. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Taylor Swift always puts me in a good mood, man. I love me some Taylor Swift. If you're not fucking with Taylor Swift, I don't know what you're fucking with. Taylor Swift, hold on. Before I, I initially, not initially, but I freaking, <clears throat> I like officially get started with the podcast. Taylor Swift has this awesome, ta- I love Taylor Swift, man. She's so awesome as an artist. But she has this like hilarious song with uh, T-Pain. Oh my God. Where, she <laughs> Where T-Pain is singing and Taylor Swift is rapping in my, like she's talking about, about I'm a thug, yo, in my white tee. Hold on. Hold on, what is it? T-Swizzle. You shorties never thought I dreamed about rapping hardcore. No, uh. I ain't got a gun. No, I never really been in a club. Still live with my parents, but I'm still a thug. I'm Talk about it. So you can find me baking cookies at night. You out clubbing, but I just made Carol's delight. T Swift and T Pay rapping on the same track. It's a thug story. Tell me, can you handle that? I nope. had a dream last night. I had hot top nights. I had diamonds in my mouth and diamonds on my mic. By the time I by the way set this scene up they're rapping into a camera in like a garage they got like low riders and cars and stuff like that she's wearing like a grill she's got chains on she's got like a, a like a snapback cap on <laughs> she's got a jacket on the in the music video she brought in her mom and stuff like that like she's a nerd but she like she's aware that she's a nerd which is why I love Taylor Swift cuz she doesn't try to be like all like like oh I'm going to be cute all the time or whatever it's like no she's like hey like she in the words of Takashi 69 she goes out she lets her freaking nuts hang and she's like what up I'm T Swizzle I bake cookies I wear I'm I'm a I'm a I, I, I'm in my white tees you know I I make caramel de- delights I would like some caramel delights you know she knows who she is and i like that story now tell them who you are say your turn gangster you don't want to fight me straight to the top in my extra small white tees whipping teeth pain all up on the same track it's a thug story now can you get the band i can't handle this what what i need sweaters yo what And I didn't even say anything. She, I didn't, didn't even swear. She didn't even swear. Hello? <sighs> she didn't swear. Anyways. I love I love Taylor Swift. I love Taylor. Long story short. I I have 1984. I have the actual I have the actual hardcover, the, the CD album. And it comes in like a special case, and it comes with Polaroids. That's how much of a fan I am of Taylor Swift. No, I have not listened to the new album. I'm not a fucking teenage girl, but I did. Like, I loved the album 1984. It's just all of her songs are overplayed because they get played in constant rotation. Like that, but 1984, mwah. That's a masterpiece. 
I don't care what anyone says. I love that album. 1984? Is it 1989? Fucking hell. I already sound like a poser. Yeah, it's 1989. I don't know why it's why I thought it was 1984. It's 1989. <laughs> oh my god. But all of her songs get played in rotation, so it's like everybody's heard freaking Blanket, Blank Space, Shake It Off, Wildest Dreams. I think even, oh yeah, Bad Blood. I like the Kendrick Lamar feature better than the actual one that came out on the album. Because Kendrick Lamar's awesome. I love Kendrick Lamar too. Like, like when I was in high school, these were like the two people that I listened on my phone. That I had like their songs on my phone all the time. I love Taylor Swift. I love Kendrick Lamar. You don't want to fight me in my extra small white tee. God, I love Taylor Swift. I was listening to, like, one night I was listening to one of her songs. What was that song where she's, like, the bad girl and the good girl? Where she's like, you don't want to date me because the other girl, you don't see me, or whatever. What's that? It's the it's the one where she's the cheerleader and the band geek. I'll just type in band geek and probably pull it up. Yep, you belong with me. That's it. Everybody's listening to this song. Hold on. It's one of those dudes from Disney, by the way. That the Disney the Disney Channel song. Oh, I remember this. This is actually a fucking good song, by the way. Hold on. This takes you back, doesn't it? By the way, this is when she was considered a country, like a country singer or whatever, which I can kind of get, but she's, you know, everybody was like, I don't, I, you know, she doesn't sing country music anymore. Remember when like country music was like, Taylor Swift, you don't, you, like, you're not a country music artist. They did the same thing with the guy that had the, the, the horse song, you know, the Old Town Road song. They were like, he's not a country so- music artist. He has the best song in America. Taylor Swift was like him 10 years before that, and now she's the best artist ever. Oh yeah, one of my favorite parts of the song was um, She wears high heels, I wear sneakers She's the cheer captain and I'm in the bleachers It was it was right before, hold on, hold on, here it is, here it is Taylor Swift fucking kills it, man. Oh my God, she's so good. Damn, she's so good. Killing the game since 2009. I gotta listen to that bar one more time. Jesus Christ. Like bars. 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 That's what I'm talking about, Taylor Swift. Oh my God, that's oh that 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 song is is so good just because of that song, just because of like that verse or that bar. It's not even it, like she's not even rapping. It's 
she uh, hold on what was it hold on what was it what was, I, I i literally forgot the, the my favorite part of that song god i love taylor swift hold on it was she's cheer hold on she wears high heels i wear sneakers she's the cheer captain and i'm in the bleachers god i love taylor she's awesome anyways off of taylor swift because that is it wrong for me to like taylor swift i mean like i was in middle school when that song came out it's not wrong she's an artist it's not wrong anyways what what should i uh start off the podcast with 30 minutes after my intro because i'm talking about takashi 69 house taylor swift i'm talking about a lot of shit Um, let's talk about, how about this? Let's talk about quarterbacks not making, who, who, who make a lot of money, not making it to the Super Bowl or winning football games or blah, blah, blah. First and foremost, Drew Brees 1000% would have been, uh, a dude who would have gone to the Super Bowl if a Nicole Broby Colbinson didn't freaking commit PI in that, um, in that playoff game. Uh, against the Saints, and the Rams wouldn't have gone to the Super Bowl, and then the uh, the Minnesota Miracle, and then I think last year with the Kyle Rudolph pass interference, but even though, you know, the Saints weren't necessarily playing very well, it's kind of what happens when three years in a row you kind of get shortchanged, it's like, and you'll you'll eventually kind of have, you know, some, you know, some downplay in your actual play and things of that nature. I don't know why, but the NFL Network, they finally decided to, um, <clears throat> to like, to like put on football games during the weekend instead of like football lives and stuff like that. So right now I'm getting another repeat of the same fucking games that they always show off. And that's um, the Baltimore Ravens versus the Kansas city chiefs. And it's, and the, the Kansas city chiefs are blowing them out right now. And I wish that they didn't blow them out. I wish that this was a competitive game. Uh, so great job by the crew at the NFL Network for putting on yet again another boring ass game that ever that I've seen before. Like I've seen this game before. I think I even casted this game recently, or I watched it before. It's like maybe maybe you put on some Dallas Cowboy games. How about the game where Dak Prescott, the only quarterback in Dallas Cowboy franchise history, had a perfect passer rating? I don't know the game where he threw for four hundred yards, four touchdowns. Maybe you put on that football game and you may get some more viewers. How about that NFL Network? Getting blown out by basketball right now. And basketball isn't even playing. Everybody's watching the last fucking dance. And here I am having to stare at Lamar Jackson. Get absolutely destroyed. But oh no. He had one bad game. And he had two or three bad games this season. Now we're going to put them all on front page. Because we have no actual like concept. Of how we can connect our our viewers to actual football games. That they want to watch during a pandemic. Need to calm down. I may need to start listening to Taylor Swift again. <clears throat> Anyways, <sighs> God, I'm actually I'm I'm gonna mute myself and mute mute not mute myself mute the audio and then I'm just gonna listen to Taylor Swift because I I I, ca- I can't deal with all of this anger without having some happiness, something funny, something joyous. Yes, I kid you not. Right now. I'm listening to We Are Never Getting We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together. <clears throat> Where is it? Alright. So I'm on overthecap.com. Alright. So I'm looking at and we'll go through it team by team, right? So 
Right now, looking at the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills, they got a rookie on their contract. Did they go to the Super Bowl this year? Uh Uh-uh. What about Miami? They've been stinking it up for 20 years. No quarterback on the rookie contract. Tom Brady, by the way, he's been the only quarterback that's been able to go to the playoffs and win Super Bowls uh, in the last 20 years. And I get it, he's taking a pay cut. But also, by the way, have you seen some of the players that, that they were getting in that span of time? Not necessarily all of them were Hall of Famers. Baltimore, rookie contract again. uh, Excuse me, Lamar Jackson. They're trying to make plays, trying to get players. That's fine. New York Jets, right? They got a rookie contract. They're not making it to the playoffs. Let me explain what I'm trying to say here. A lot of these teams... In the NFL, a lot of these, you know, people who are saying, well, you, you, you need somebody to take a pay cut or you need or you can't pay quarterbacks and stuff like that. Well, when was the last time Miami went to the playoffs? Buffalo went to the playoffs twice in the last four years. But before that, it was like almost 20 years, right? That whole BS about you can't pay quarterbacks money uh, to have space for other players. There's some truth to it, to it. But saying that you can't pay a quarterback money, like real money, is a, is asinine. It's the most important position in all football. And the first team that's like, I can win a Super Bowl. Like, it's it's the Michael Jordan last dance controversy. It's like, oh yeah, you know, we can win a Super Bowl, not a Super Bowl, a championship without uh, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman because we have a good organization. Literally, that's what is being talked about right now on that, like, on that documentary. But yeah, you know, let's let's literally learn nothing from the past. Apparently, history does repeat because idiots freaking don't learn. Uh, Cleveland Browns rookie contract. Uh, Pittsburgh almost made it to the Super Bowl twice, uh, but they got stopped by one of the greatest football dynasties of all time in the New England Patriots. And if they can figure out Ben Roethlisberger, and hopefully he's healthy healthy this year, and if Mike Tomlin can get some probably some more players. Uh, actually, he did. He get he got Chase Claypool, and now they got Juju coming back. They're going to have a, a nice team. They ain't being the Dallas Cowboys. Houston, they stink. But even though they stink and even though they got how much money in, in cap space? $18 million. They got some cap space. They can sign some players. But guess what they're not doing? They're not signing anybody. They freaking took a bad contract in David Johnson and they got one of the greatest football players in the league in D. Watt. You know what they're, they, they may do this year? Not go to the fucking playoffs. Playing the Taylor Swift song once again because it ended. <clears throat> Indianapolis Colts, same thing. They got a sucky court. They, I, I liked Teddy Bridgewater, but he stuck up the joint. <clears throat> and they missed the playoffs because of him. What about Jacksonville? When was the last time they went to the playoffs? Oh, yeah, with Blake Bortles for one year? All right. Tennessee, same thing. Marcus Mariota? And then Ryan Tannehill. But are they winning Super Bowls? Hell no. Denver. They've been stinking the join up since Peyton Manning retired. How about Kansas City? The only team to, to pretty much have a rookie contract to do anything. Won a Super Bowl. MVP. Lamar Jackson. Same thing. But he's going to cost a lot of money, by the way. Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Hopefully, I pray to God every single night that Deshaun Watson doesn't go. I, I, I don't play. It's, it's, a, it's, an, it's an exaggeration. I don't play to God every night. 
for Deshaun Watson to leave the Houston Texans because they stink as a football team. But now I get to make fun of whoever from whoever my relatives, friends of my relatives from Houston, talking shit about the Dallas Cowboys. And now Houston sucks. Talking shit about my my guy, freaking Sean Lee. Guess what? You ain't going nowhere, Houston. Las Vegas, they've had Derek Carr. Derek Carr is overrated. Los Angeles Chargers. They're going to have freaking Justin Herbert. They may make the playoffs because they're loaded, but they ain't going nowhere. Dallas, they're going to pay Dak Prescott $31 million if no matter what because he's signing that franchise tag and he's going to be in for training camp. <clears throat> His ass is going to the playoffs, ladies and gentlemen. And everybody's going to say, well, what about the team? What about the team? What about the team? It ain't our fault. We got a good freaking, we can draft players well. We had a sucky coach. I'll get on his ass in a couple of minutes. New York, you ain't going to the playoffs. Philadelphia, you for damn sure aren't going to the playoffs unless something horrible happens. Washington, uh uh-uh. Chicago, maybe. Detroit, hell no. Green Bay, yeah, I'd see that. Minnesota, probably. Atlanta, hell to the no. Carolina, uh uh-uh. New Orleans, hell yeah, you're good. You got Drew Brees and Sean Payton and all those boys on offense. By the way, you gave up your, your, you you let go of your Pro Bowl left guard. What the hell's going on in, 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 in in New Orleans? Tampa Bay, you got the GOAT, you're fine. Arizona, wild card, they are my wild card to be in the wild card seed. Uh, Rams, you may be able to. San Francisco, maybe, but don't forget about that Super Bowl hangover. What about Seattle. Seattle, they're paying a bunch. They're paying a bunch of money for their quarterback, just like New Orleans and Tom, and Tampa Bay. I was about to say Tom Brady because of the TB. But some of the teams, <coughs> excuse me, got a lot of phlegm in my throat because I'm screaming my head off. Sorry if you if I'm getting a lot of feedback here or a lot of clipping. Sorry about that. <coughs> But some of the teams, for example, like Chicago, that have built a fantastic team around him, um, they ain't going nowhere. Do you want to know why they ain't going nowhere? Because they got a terrible quarterback, quarterback in the doggone football team. Quarterbacks is the most important football player in the, in the entire doggone football team. It's the only position that you can't get away with being cheap on. You pay the damn mo- man his money. And you know what? I was looking at some of the, the quarterbacks that were drafted in the last couple of years. It all started with Dak Prescott coming in hot. 13-3, and three, best rookie season ever. <clears throat> And then you have uh, uh, Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. After that, Deshaun Watson threw five touchdowns in, I think, one or two games in his rookie year. Then Patrick Mahomes in his second year in the league won the Super Bowl. And then Lamar Jackson uh, came in halfway th- during his rookie year and came in and dominated and, his, and took his team to the playoffs. Then that second year won the MVP. I think he was 13-3 and three or 14-2 and two or something stupid like that. Bloom of quarterback talent. Kyler Murray came in, had one of the best rookie seasons of all time as well, considering he was with a shitty-ass Arizona Cardinals team. I'm pissed off. I've been pissed off for almost an hour and a half. <clears throat> but yes, uh, what, is, what was it? Not Lamar. But, but yes, excuse me, and, and 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 I can even go back to um to Russell Wilson and Andrew Luck, for example, uh, other other young guys that have had some great that that have been some really really nice uh, players for the NFL. But um, I, I I can just go on and on and on about rookie talent in the league and stuff like that. And people are there. I feel like they're not valuing the quarterback position enough because they think that they can just get a quarterback in the draft. Then fucking look at what happened in that 2018 draft class where everybody was comparing it to Dan Marino and John Elway, that draft. 
right? Like two of the best fucking football players of all times, two of the best quarterbacks of all time, John Elway, Dan Marino. They were like, there's one of these guys is going to come out of this draft and be the next Marino and Elway. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Look at how that's turned out. The guy that everybody said that should be a wide receiver is now one of the best quarterbacks in the league and an MVP. The other couple of guys in Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen, who everybody was sucking off before the uh, the draft, they are one is a backup quarterback. One we have questions with, we still have questions about in year three. I love how everybody's given Sam Darnold a pass, by the way. Nobody gave that Prescott a pass going into his third year. Everybody was like, Dak Prescott, he sucks. He's bad. Don't pay him any money. Release his ass. Look for a quarterback. I remember everybody was like, I like Justin Herbert. But literally everybody was like, you can get Justin Herbert out of Oregon if you're the Dallas Cowboys if he sucks so much. And they literally had a 9-7 season. Everybody fucking lost their mind. Shut the fuck up. You don't know what you're talking about. You're talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Shut the fuck up. I'm pissed off. Again, I'm literally listening to Nate. We are never, it's not, Taylor Swift is not coming me down. I'm really pissed off. Anyways, um, what else? What else happened uh, recently? Oh, yeah, I was talking about Dak Prescott, Lamar, Deshaun, Kyler. I wrote a list of the quarterbacks that I thought were fantastic in the league last year that I really, really like. And yes, they're Lamar, Dak, and. Mahomes, Watson, Murray. Who else did I write on my list? Mahomes. My bad. I I keep forgetting about Mahomes. I'm like, I know I'm forgetting an obvious name. And then you got some of the other guys that everybody is either in on or out on or hasn't. Like, these are guys that I'm not in on, but the media keeps on talking about them. Like, uh, guys like uh, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, uh, Jared Goff, uh, Josh Allen, Carson Wentz, Jimmy Garoppolo, Mitchell Trubisky, uh, Derek Carr, and Gardner Minshew. Like, I, I, I like some of the aspects of Minshew, but come on. Come on. I, I want He's got to put it all together for a season. And then on top of that, the fact that he's injured in his rookie season and can't play 16 games, red flag. Especially next year. Everybody gives Wentz a pass because he's, you know, everybody's like, well, he's got a big arm. He's athletic. It's like, well, I haven't seen that against the Dallas Cowboys. Apparently, his big arm turns into a, a freaking baby arm. His athleticism is about as comparable to uh, to a fat guy on a treadmill reaching out for a donut, meaning he's unathletic. <clears throat> but I'm I'm pretty confident about Dak Mahomes, Jackson, Murray, and uh, Watson. Not confident about all those other guys. Long story short, there's been a bloom in quarterback talent, so people think that they can undervalue the position for some asinine reason. Any fucking moron that says that you can't pay a quarterback and you can't have a a, a, a franchise guy on your team, and everybody's going to cite uh, Nick Foles and things of that nature, I'm, I roll my eyes at that. I'm like, would you rather have Nick Foles be on your team for a year, or would you rather have Patrick Mahomes be on your team for 10 years? Would you rather have Deshaun Watson? I'm just saying. It's like, you know, what the fuck are we doing? What are we doing? Seriously. What are we doing when we're talking about quarterbacks like they're disposable players? Like, you can get rid of wide receivers. You can get rid of DBs. You can't get rid of, You can't find a, 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 a franchise guy. <sighs> Bitch, please. Like, people who don't know anything about football or are trying to be controversial, they're like, yeah, you know, just... just Give up your franchise guy. Let's see how the Patriots are next year. Let's see just how good they are. You know. 
with Garden. What what's his name? Stidham, Jarrett Stidham. Let's see how good they are with Stidham. <clears throat> let's see how good they are with um. Let's see how good. Who, who's another team that that everybody is that's like? Oh yeah, let's see how good the Eagles are. You know when they drafted another quarterback in the second round because Carson Wentz can't stay fucking healthy and they gave him a, a shit ton of money because he's unproven and everybody wanted to suck his dick off. Freaking when when he um, when he when when they signed him to a contract big contract everybody's like oh good signing i'm like what he's the only won the division once excuse me nick Foles won it twice because he was hurt during the two times that his team won the division i'm not playing games here i'm pissed off long story short you need a damn quarterback you can't just wing it you can't just be like oh yeah you know we're gonna go into a season and not not have a starting dude that's not how the nfl works that's not how um, any major sport works. Like, imagine if the Lakers were like, oh, yeah, we can just win without all-star players. Imagine if, if any NBA team was like, yeah, we can just win off of good coaching and no good players. Right? Like, the NBA is literally a star-driven league, and it's like, oh, yeah, we can just win with good players. and No, no, you'll get crushed. Look at the Spurs. They're like, yeah, we can win without any stars. I'm a Spurs fan, and I'm like, no. You need stars. You need you, you need LeBrons, Stephs, Russell Westbrooks, James Hardens on your fucking teams to win football games, to win basketball games and football games. Got to have a damn quarterback. You can have a running game. You can have a running back, and running backs are kind of interchangeable if you you know if you can actually learn how to freaking use them properly. Unlike the Dallas Cowboys, and I'll get to them in a second. Couple minutes, but you need. Players, and good players at that. Anyways. Moving off of uh, quarterbacks. What else do I got for you? Oh, yeah, Joe Tessitore. And uh, I got to stop listening to Taylor Swift now because I got to play you something. Joe Tessitore, who I actually like a lot. And I'm not going to say the nickname that everybody... What's his real name? I don't want to call him by his nickname. I hate boogers, so like they make me queasy. I like I, I saw the the movie, the movie um, Son of the Mask, and I'm like, and and there's freaking this ugh, there's this like part Anthony Darnett Darrell. I'm just gonna call him Mr. McFarlane. I'm not gonna be a cunt. So Mr. McFarlane and Joe Testator, who by the way, great color commentator. Uh, they're sacked. They're done. They're not in Monday Night Football anymore. I'm not necessarily a big like. I don't. I don't buy into the hate that much. I'm not necessarily going to go along with you know trends and things of that nature. And I know it, that it was a trend for uh, to hate on the Jason Witten broadcast. I didn't think it was that bad. By the way, I watched every single Monday Night Football game. I was like, unless you're just listening, like, like I, I gotta ask, what the fuck are people watching? Right? Like, I'm watching the game. I'm barely listening to the audio. The audio only enhances, like the casting, excuse me, the casters only enhance the experience, right? They don't determine if the, if the, if Monday night football is good or bad. The thing that determines if it's good or bad is if you have good or bad games on Monday night football. If you have a bunch of shitty ass games on Monday night football, then yeah, it it sucks. But I don't buy that into, I didn't buy that much into the Jason Witten 
uh, Booger McFarlane. I didn't get why it was a three broad, a three man broadcast. I didn't get why they had like Mr. McFarlane on that on that broadcast as well. Like just have two people on it, like a normal fucking click or a normal fucking broadcast, you know? Instead of having three, I'm like, what? Doesn't make any fucking sense. So they all got sacked, and um, <clears throat> and uh, it's 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 up for debate. It's like, who do you want in Monday Night Football? Well, there's been this guy that I've constantly been just screaming at the top of my lungs. Like, hey, um, maybe you want to hire this guy. His name is called Patrick, uh, not Patrick. Yeah, I think his name is Patrick McAfee, a.k.a. Pat McAfee. Uh, maybe you should hire him. Oh, wait, he's already hired because he's on your fucking, uh, he's he's on your payroll right now. Maybe you get his ass and uh, maybe you freaking use him instead of uh, instead of whoever else you're like Dan Orlovsky. You really want your your ratings to decline? You hire his ass. But um, I was like, get 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 smart. Hire somebody who's actually going to um to to be exciting, to be enthusiastic about the game. Set yourself apart from NBC, Fox, and CBS. They're blowing you out with their buttoned up approach. Be the UFC. Be a little bit more unbuttoned up. Be a little bit more unconventional. Be those dudes that people look at and um, and people are like, wow, I can't believe that that they would go out on a whim and hire that guy because that guy or those guys are really, really fun and interesting to, uh, to listen to instead of just being like, oh, yeah, we're just going to do the exact same shit that Fox and CBS and NBC uh, does. Not to say that what they do doesn't work, but if you want to set yourself out apart, you kind of got to be a little bit original, just saying, so yes, you hire Pat McAfee, if you don't know about Pat McAfee, he's, he's probably one of the, the most up and coming, um, sports personalities right now, and ESPN had him for like a year, or they worked with him for a year, I don't know the extent of his contract, but he was on multiple shows, and he tried to cast an XFL game, and uh, they they used him incorrectly. This is your chance to redeem yourself. They're out, Mr. McFarlane, Tessator. They're out. I think Tessator. I I think he's a great color commentator. I think he's so underrated. I think some of these guys that ESPN move around moves around. I think they're underrated guys. I think they're other underrated color commentators and casters. I think Tessator is a great one. Joe Tessator is a great one. I hope they. I hope he gets another shot at it. I hope he's not out, because I think he would make a great color commentator for Monday Night. But I get it. You know, he's he's the Robin to Mister McFarlane's Batman, so I get it. You're gonna have to move off of him. But if you got to move off of him, and if you're and if you're in the business of trying to poach talent from other networks, here's a guy that you should uh, pick up. His name is Gus Johnson. I was like, I, like I couldn't believe how good of a color commentator this guy was. He he exudes passion and swagger into into pro sports. And I was like, this guy, if you have him paired with Pat McAfee on Monday night, explosive moves. You're making money moves. You're making the types of moves that are that everybody's gonna go to work on Monday, looking forward to the night because Monday night football is gonna come on, ladies and gentlemen. Gus Johnson's best moments. Uh, of, of of all time, both and by the way, he does a lot of college sports. But he did, but he I think it was ten, maybe twelve, thirteen years ago. He did NFL, so he's done NFL before. But you you can, but he does a lot of college football. He does some some basketball and things of that nature. Ladies and gentlemen, the great Gus Johnson. I'm going to play you some of his best calls 
um, it, I, I got it from a, a YouTube channel. I was like, I got to look this up. It, and I found, I, I, it was very, very easy to find some of his best calls, ladies and gentlemen. Gus Johnson, Sets after deep the, the channel pocket. ad. Place. Goes down the field for Smith. Oh, he caught it. Smith, touchdown, 85 yards. Iowa. Gerard steps up. Fires, Mike Sims, Walker, knocked down. Oh, he caught it! Oh, unbelievable! Mike Thomas, touchdown, Jags! Ball game! Right? Right? Like, how good is he? How good is that? He's over at Fox, so you're going to have to poach him. Let me play another one. He had one where he was, oh man, he had he had one Tennessee game where he was like, he was on fire. Let me play this hey, one. Denzel Ward, you got barbecue back there? And you didn't invite me? Hurt my feelings. Ooh, he's got the swag. Another one, another one. Just dumps it off for a first down. Rose and fakes the spike. And the end zone, touchdown. Whoa. Jordan Leslie. The legend of Josh Rosen in full blue. Dan Marino would be pro. You know, sometimes he has to think about some of the stuff that, like, he has pauses and things of that nature. But when he's in, in full stride, like, this is college. Like, he is perfect for college football. But we, when he hits that stride, when he hits that swagger, when he goes in walking, he's something special. Let's continue forward. And we're tied 75 again. This is a basketball game, by the way. Isaiah. Shot clock turned off. Game clock at eight. He's going to do it himself. Thomas. Shake. Crossover. Step back. And DeBrosser. Young. Safe. And Washington. By the way, during the broadcast, you can actually see Gus Johnson standing up and casting the game, and he's like, he's out of his seat. He can't believe what he's watching. He, he's a he he is he is a fantastic caster. Here's some more. Burgess, here's a handoff to Chris Johnson. Johnson hurt away. Watch out, Johnson. Now, let me tell you something. This piss off this pisses off NFL execs. Uh, not NFL execs, old fucking dumbass. I, I'm, I'm gonna curse a lot here. <clears throat> old dumbass uh, broadcasters who have sway and say within um, NFL networks or or NFL broadcasts, right? They were talking about how Pat McAfee, he needs to tone it down with, uh, with how he talks and things of that nature. And keep in mind, Gus Johnson isn't cursing like I am right now. Pat, Pat McAfee didn't curse in his broadcast. And they were like, you know what? You know, it's, it's, it's not okay to put, to be passionate about the game, to be a fan about the game. To fan over, excuse me, about the game. 
What we want is a bunch, no disrespect to the other guys, no disrespect to Troy Aikman, Joe Buck, Chris Collinsworth, Al Michaels, they have, and and Tony and and, um, Jim Nance, they have a buttoned up approach to sports, and that's great, and it works, but in some cases, it doesn't fucking work, and you need somebody like this, you need somebody who's going to come in and shake it up a little bit, be a little bit more authentic, I would say. Because they're buttoned up. And I can tell that I can tell Troy Aikman is buttoned up. I can tell that he is not like that that the same way that he's talking on, on broadcast is probably not the same way that he would talk um when cameras and microphones aren't out. And that's okay. He's still a fantastic broadcaster. He's still a great he's one of the best analysts of all time, in my opinion. And he used to play and he's one of the best quarterbacks of all time. He not not he used to play football, but he used to be one of the best football players. Not used to be, he is. He could still probably go out and sling it a couple of times. He's got some throws in him. But my point being is that you need somebody like like Gus Johnson in. Imagine how fun it would be to listen to him on Monday Night Football. I'll, I'll play another one and then we'll move on to the Dallas Cowboys. This is March Madness. First down and 10. Johnson gets a shot. It's Watch out. He's got getting away from the top speed. Touchdown! <laughs> if you didn't hear what, what Gus Johnson just said, he said, watch out. He's got getting away from the top speed. <laughs> Where does he come up with this stuff? Well, how does he do it? By the way, by the way, I was I, every single time you watch a CD Lamb highlight, there's Gus Johnson. That's, that's how I know about it's Gus Johnson, by the way. Oh my god, I gotta I gotta pull up Oh yeah 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 I got it I got it hold on <clears throat> I got it I got it Here it is He's the guy that always says CD CD Lamb Touchdown all you and Texas prepare to battle here in Big This is him right now with Hertz. Remember, Hertz has great legs. He'll run it to the right side on the move. Touchdown, OU. CD for the TD. Right? He puts a little bit of juice on it. Little bit of swag on it. Little bit of sauce on it. He makes it saucy. Oh, man. Hertz. Rolling. Running. First down. Hertz still on the move and down at the 13. 21-yard gain, gashing the Texas defense. Watch this, man coverage again, and they send a pressure, which means... Joel Clatt is okay. He's okay. Gus Johnson carries the broadcast. Joe Clatt is okay. He's a good He's a good Robin to Gus Johnson's Batman. In this case, I would say Gus Johnson, he's the leader on the broadcast. But Joe Clatt, he's he's all right. He's okay. He's no. like um the... Uh, what, what's the which one is the, is the Robin that, that dies and becomes Red... I, I can't remember his name. It's Todd, Jason Todd. I think that's what his name is. He's Jason's. He's the Jason Todd version of of Robin. He's not uh, Tim Drake. He's not Dick Grayson. He's the Jason Todd one. He's the one that gets killed off. That's who. J- that that's the Robin. Uh, that's the that's that's the Robin to uh, to Gus Johnson's Batman. Spy for the quarterback. All he had to do was that little pump. He got that pump. Jameson can't come off of his player. And then at the end of the run, you see that ball start to. Where come are up. the C.D. Lamb highlights? I did not come here to watch just Jalen Hurts fumble the football. I'm here to watch C.D. Lamb. Just do another interception in the end zone. Why am I not watching CeeDee Lamb? 
I specifically pressed on this video so that way I could watch CeeDee Lamb run through Texas. Here I am having having to watch Jalen Hurts fumble the football. Oh, this is a beautiful play. Imagine Gus Johnson casting the football game when this happens. In the NFL, by the way. Run it again. Flea flicker. Hurts. Wide open. CD in space. CD Lamb still running. Hits a corner. CD for the TD. 51 yards. The flea flicker. The give inside the Brooks. He flips it back. Wide open over there. CD Lamb. Look as he goes right inside. And then right here, the missed tackle. The strength he shows. And he gets all the way to the corner for the TD. Talk about it, Joel Clatt. Talk about it. Now I got to play some CD Lamb. Where, where's the rest of the CD Lamb highlights? That was one. I think this is another one. Throws off his back foot again. CD Lamb. Touchdown, OU. CD. Another TD. Dude is an absolute beast. You kidding me? There's three Longhorns there that all have somewhat of a chance, and he still finds the end zone. Now, for me personally, I'm not going to lie. How awesome would it be to hear Gus Johnson say CD for the TD and CD Lamb still running? Call, call Dallas Cowboy football games. Call Dallas Cowboy football games with CD Lamb on the football field and talk about CD Lamb touchdown and touchdown Dallas, touchdown. I, I love Joe Buck and Troy Aikman casting Cowboy football games. Seems perfect. Joe Buck, he puts a little bit of sauce himself whenever he's talking about the uh, the, the Dallas Cowboys. But man, imagine if you did a little bit something unconventional. Imagine you got to probably pay Gus Johnson a lot of money. But how much? How much do you? How, let me ask you a question: Are you willing to be? How much are you willing to sacrifice to be the best broadcast on the entire cable airwaves? I would have said the internet, but you. But they're still operating off of cable, right? Do you want to be the best or do you want to still come in a fourth place? That's my question to ESPN. Because you guys stink up the joint. Not CeeDee Lamb, not Gus Johnson, and certainly not Pat McAfee. You want to win? You want to be a winner? You hire those guys. They'll set you straight. Final thing I, I got to talk about. Final thing I got to talk about. Jason Garrett should never be a head coach in the league ever again. Ever. Ever. You know, it's funny the timing of certain things, right? I've been talking about the last dance for the last two, three, four weeks. Talking about Michael Jordan and Phil Jackson and Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman. All these boys. All these guys. And, you know, it's always management. It's always the bureaucracy. I, I even watched um, Ford versus Ferrari, and, and it seemed like almost at every... It was like Talladega Nights, except it was a drama with some comedy in it. It's actually a fantastic movie. And throughout that movie, you constantly see the bureaucracy of it, where, where it's just like, listen, man, if you just do the right thing, if you set the people, if you put the people in the right places, if you just let the, the dudes who are working on cars do their damn jobs, guess what? You go home happy, but with all this other bureaucracy, with all these other things, it's like, guess what? 
things start to become a little bit harder with you know with having to answer with certain people and every and even the dude Henry Ford II Henry Ford's original son the first son even he just like he gets caught up in bureaucracy and he's like I only care about cars and he's like nope cared about business he didn't know that much about cars and his last name is Ford long story short you know bureaucracy all this bs comes into play you know, just unnecessary things that don't really matter start to matter because people have egos and they're like, well, I got to be a winner. I got to be a gentleman. I can't win my way. Ask Jerry Jones. Ask Jerry Reinsdorf. Ask, you can't ask him anymore because he's, you know, he's, he's passed. He's deceased. Uh, Jerry Krause. Can't ask those guys. You, you can ask those guys. Besides Jerry Krause, of course. Um, <clears throat> well, um, about About how how to win football games and how to win basketball games. No, more specifically, how to ruin football dynasties and basketball teams and things of that nature. You can ask them because they're all experts on ruining some of the greatest sports dynasties of all time. Jerry Jones has been anemic as a freaking owner since firing Jimmy Johnson. Jerry Reinsdorf's Chicago Bulls have been an absolute laughing stock. For the last 20 years. And then I get Jason Garrett. Why am I talking about Jason Garrett today? 24, I thought you wanted to be done talking about Jason Garrett. I thought you didn't want to be, you know, you didn't want to talk about him because, you know, he's not a cowboy anymore and he's not my head coach. And Well, he, d- he does play in the division. And, you know, I, I remember some... I'm not going to say who it was, but some person was like, you know what? Jason Garrett, wouldn't it be awesome if he came in and if he beat the Dallas Cowboys and blah, 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 blah. Got something for you. So, about a year ago, because I always play this clip. I always play this clip, Jane Slater talking about Jason Garrett in this way. I always play this clip because I, I just love it. Because it shows just, you know, people's love of Jason Garrett. And Rich Eisen, he's like, why doesn't why doesn't Jason Garrett get the credit? Don't worry, Rich. I'll answer that in a second. And I I, I, I haven't talked seriously about Jason Garrett, like, in depth, because we're probably going to spend the next 30, 40 hour plus talking about Garrett and how terrible of a head coach he is and how he should not be a head coach. I, I, I say that I say that knowing that he is now an offensive coordinator for a divisional rival and is probably, if, if, Joe Judge gets fired in the next couple of years and Jason Garrett is still there. And if the offense is okay, then guess what? He's going to be the head coach. And we could have another two to three, maybe four more years of dysfunction under Jason Garrett. I know that. And I'm like, I still don't think he should be a head coach, even for a divisional rival. That's how much I don't think he is. That's how anemic he is as a head coach, ladies and gentlemen. But I always play this clip, James Slater, on uh, on the Rich Eisen show, talking about how uh, how how you know Jerry and Stephen and all these guys they should keep Jason Garrett, James Slater, Rich Eisen show. Garrett, how come he doesn't get the credit? I'm serious. Like again, you just mentioned that game against the Saints. Everybody was ready for the Saints to go ahead and steamroll yeah. the Cowboys, okay? Because he's that's all Jason does is clap. Right. That's the idea. That's he's Poor a, Jason. He's a clapper. He's such a different guy to a
away from the cameras. He what, really is. Okay, give me give me something on that, Jane. What do you got for me when, on that? So he does these off the. Uh, it's it's a it's the walk off. And so that's when he's not on the podium and you sort of get real Jason Garrett. And you hear him say it from time to time. Well, that's a discussion over a bunch of lemonades. But he really is this really interesting, interested person. As a matter of fact, funny story about Jason. I've got his number. I'll reach out from time to time. He will not return one text, one call. No matter what the situation is, if I'm giving a heads up about something coming down the pipe, don't hear from him. I wouldn't, I wouldn't text a media member. I would probably block most media members. If I was a head coach, I would be like, block, 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 block. Because I'm like, I'm not going to talk to a reporter. Like, why would I talk to a reporter? I'm an NFL head coach. That's not my job. My job is not to handle the media. My job is to coach a dang old football team. So, no, I'm not going to respond to any of her texts. My dad and I went up to the facility to do a, a tour. My dad, obviously, big Cowboys fan growing up in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And Jason spent probably 10, 15 minutes with my father. Mm -hmm. And I sent him this text message. I said, I really, really appreciate that. That meant a lot to me. I get this text message. Just Mm -hmm. it meant so much to see you interacting with your dad. Now I get where you get your personality. And so I wrote back. So this is your number. (laughs) (laughs) That's sort of the dynamic of our relationship. Now, keep in mind, um, nothing to do with football. Everything to do with him being a nice guy. Never said Jason Garrett wasn't a nice guy. Just said he was a bad head coach. Nothing wrong with being a bad... I would be a bad head coach in the league. I'm a a little bit of an asshole. I'm a little bit of a douchebag. But I'd be a terrible... I would be a terrible head coach. He's a nice guy. Nice guys can be bad at stuff. At stuff as well. And just because he's a nice guy doesn't mean that he is absolved from criticism. And most importantly, it doesn't mean that he's absolved from... Criticism that actually rings true. Continue forward, Jane Slater. But he really, the reason why I say, everyone always says, well, they're, they're always a mediocrity. I'm like, well, they've only had one losing season under Jason Garrett. And the how players many pretty games? freely to shut, shut up, shut up. How many playoff games, Jane? Jane, you know how many playoff games they've won in 10 years. Mike McCarthy, John Harbaugh, Mike Tomlin, Bill Belichick in 10 years all have at least, Sean Payton, all have at least one Super Bowl. He's got two damn playoff wins in 10 years. Jane, stop it. It's a mediocrity. I'm like, well, they've only had one losing season under Jason Garrett. And the players speak pretty freely to me. And not one of them has thrown him under the bus. He continues to. So, so Des Bryant didn't throw his ass under the bus when he said that Jason Garrett and the coaching staff of the Dallas Cowboys, they only lock in and hone in on one thing that works well within the franchise, within the team, and they just stick with that. So T.O., when he was there for three years and Jason Garrett was his offensive coordinator and T.O. was calling for his job like two, three years ago, so that's players not talking about Jason Garrett. Cole Beasley didn't say anything. Cole Beasley literally just parroted what Des Bryant said. Come on, Jane. There's evidence to the contrary. Garner their respect, uh, their attention. You start hearing guys talk the way that that he talks. Dak really respects him. Um, So I think that's the reason why Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones keep him around. They respect him too, but I think they just haven't had a better candidate. I mean, show me someone better that the Cowboys would potentially go after. I'd rather go with the devil that I know if I'm those guys. Now, about a year ago, by the way, we're coming up in, on the one-year anniversary of 24th podcast. 
about a year ago, I found that clip on the internet. I've been playing it way too many times, way too much. And um, <clears throat> when I found this clip, I had made a list of like 20 plus candidates, 20 coaches, both in the league and in college that I thought were better than Jason Garrett. It's ironic enough in my journal that I wrote that, by the way, I'm, I'm on a new journal because I'm like, I've, I'm like, I, I write a lot. I take a lot of notes. Um, in that old journal, I wrote Mike McCarthy's name twice on accident. It's ironic enough because Mike McCarthy obviously is Jason Garrett's, uh, is the new head coach for Jason Garrett. Now I'm going to try not to speak too much. I'm going to try not to, you know, just respond to every retort that everybody says about uh, Jason Garrett and things of that nature. Because in reality, I'm, I'm not really trying to do that. Um, but I, I really like it. It, it irks me. It really, really does to see just how consistent people are at defending Jason Garrett. So here's um here's another person defending Jason Garrett as well on um on ESPN. Look at that list. Let's go. Let me see. Okay, so would you take him over Bill Belichick? Obviously not. Okay, would you take him at the bottom? Start at the bottom. Okay, would you take him over Coach Zim? Mike Zim. I would take I would take him over Coach Zimmer. What he's done recently is you been would more take impressive. him over Coach Zimmer. Coach Zimmer is an awesome coach. Their defense has been impressive. They when has Jason Garrett ever made an in-game defining decision there it is. that makes him so a top ten head coach? That's, that's, the, that's, that's just one thing no, I'm saying, though. Okay, I understand that. I understand that. That's easy for us all to say because none of us really know. Can you would you take him over Mike Cowboy? Hold on, stop, 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 stop. You can't. Now, for context, this is before the 2019 season where they went eight and eight when they had some of the best talent. Um, the Dallas Cowboys have ever um, have ever had. Uh, so you know, let's let's give him that. Let's add that context uh, because I'm pretty sure if he knew just how loaded Dak Prescott's um, offense was and how loaded the defense was, he probably would have wouldn't have said that uh, because we we missed the playoffs. We went eight and eight. Uh, where's another clip? This is him saying that he's better than Mike Tomlin. Got to go to it. Here it is. Treating him as is he as he's awful. I'm treating him as if he doesn't belong in the top. Did you see that list? I saw the list. He's not he's, so is he better than Mike Tomlin? List. He's up there with Mike Tomlin. Oh. There you go. So he's better than Mike Tomlin. Better go with the devil that you do know than the devil that you don't know. Hmm. It's interesting that people say that. Now, um, while all of that was going on thinking about a month at that time. So this was like, all this was taken. The James Slater article, it's beautiful. It's it's so sexy how all of this, that, that's a terrible word. It's beautiful how all this kind of gets pulled together, how all of this is like, mwah, perfectly timed. That's borderline sexy. There we go. That's a better way. <laughs> I'm like, that's a better way to use it. It's still disgusting. It's still a little bit creepy, but it's still kind of, it fits. Never going to say that ever again, but it still kind of fits. There you go. I'm trying to make it work. It's not working. Anyways. Um, what was it? Where was the uh, the clip with, with the other people? Oh, yeah. So all of this was taken around July. All of these quotes and things of that nature, July of last year. About this time, OTAs, training camp, stuff like that is starting to happen. Dallas is gearing up for the regular season. Blah, 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 blah. Right? And out comes this clip. I think 
Friday, Thursday from Law Nation and a couple of other people. They're they're Dallas Cowboy YouTubers uh, interviewing former Dallas Cowboy safety George Iloka, and it's fucking hilarious that that guy said that Jason Garrett isn't as good of a head coach as Mike Zimmer because uh, George Iloka comes from a Mike Zimmer-led defense. It's funny that he should say that. And George Iloka was talking about playing cover three, which is a defensive formation that the, that the Dallas Cowboys play in. He's talking about, with Chris Richard, how to mask it. Here's uh, George Iloka with Law Nation and a couple of other people, uh, Dallas Cowboy YouTubers. On, I don't even know what the podcast is called, but um, it's called something. I don't know what it's called. The, just the philosophy, like when you're in that defense, they want to stop the run in a seven-man box. So if you ever see the Cowboys next year in an eight-man box, that means they're getting their ass kicked in the run. And that's not what that, that's not what that mm. defense wants. That's not what you want to do. That makes so much now, sense, and, though. And, and that was a change for me because when I came to the Cowboys um, in OTAs, so, you know, it's, it's pretty much covered three. And I would try to like disguise Chris it, Rashard. and then yeah, I would try to disguise it, and then walk down into the cover three. And Rashard was like, "No, line up in cover three. I'm like, "Oh, you want them to know we're in cover three? He's like, "Yeah, wow. this is our defense." Wow. Wow. He's like, this this is our defense. that again. Say it again. <laughs> Say it again, G. <laughs> Say it one more time. So like, so in the you know in the other defense, uh, in the shell defense, the system I grew up in with, you know, under Zim, under Polly, uh, under George Edwards, and those guys, like you want to try to defeat the run. Or you want to stop the you want to stop the run in the seven man box. Because by right. stopping the man in the seven-man box, you have more guys in coverage, right? You have four guys, let's say, um, designated for coverage first. And so if we're down in an eight-man box, that means we're not – we haven't been able to stop the run in a seven-man box. And so that's fine. Like, we've we've been in, you know, single high uh, throughout my times in that defense. That's what it is. Cause some teams run the ball better than others. But we wouldn't just show it. And so – and it's not what we do. And so when I got to the Cowboys, like, I knew it was a single high team. But I would like, you know, start high like I used to do traditionally and then mm-hmm. walk down late and show them, you know, show them the, defense, the offense late that, you know, we're in this eight man box. And Rashad was like, no, get down in. I'm like, oh, you want me to show them? Like, want me to give it away? He's like, no, we're, you know, we're an eight man box team. I want them to know. And, he, and, and his philosophy is just the other way around. We're going to oh, show wow. them an eight man box. We're going to show them an eight man box, which is going to make them want to throw the ball. Right. We're going to show them an eight man box and we're going to tell them you're not going to run into this eight man front because we have a guy for every gap. And they would run it because uh, Dallas wouldn't 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 get off their blocks. They wouldn't tackle. Uh, they missed tackles. And um, when we hired Chris Richard as the Dallas Cowboys, uh, it, it was it was a it was a great hire at the time for me because I thought that he was uh, like for starters, maybe, maybe, like I thought he was a great hire because he he was the coordinator. He was the dude that had formed the Legion of Boom with Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor. Uh, Richard Sherman, in my opinion, all Hall of Famers. And when it, when you can have three Hall of Famers, a corner, a safety slash linebacker in Cam Chancellor, and a, uh, a, a a safety, I think I think he plays free safety, and Earl Thomas, or a strong safety, I, I can't remember which safety he plays. But when you have like three Hall of Famers in the secondary, it's like, all right, you know, you can you can not mask certain things, right? Let me look up the All Decade team. This is very very important as well, because eventually he became the um, <clears throat> the uh, the coordinator for the defensive coordinator for 
for the uh, for the Seattle Seahawks, 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 excuse me. On top of being the DC coordinator, or not the DC coordinator, the, the defensive coordinator. So, at the time, I was wondering, I was like, man, like, why would they give up Chris Richard? And it turns out, it's like, oh wait, literally all of the defense that, like, literally the defensive scheme, the formation is. Hey, we're going to we're going to show. Hey, we're gonna be an eight man box. We're gonna we're gonna execute right. We're gonna out physical you, and I'll I'll kind of play a clip later on that'll talk more in depth about it. But here's the all decade team defensively for uh, for for the um for the 2010s. So safeties are Eric Tom- Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman. Uh, not safeties. Safety, Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman, cornerback. Let me see. Bobby Wagner. And I think that's it. As well as having, I think, um, Ford, David Ford as well on that team. And a couple of other players. Also, the Seattle Seahawks had Marshawn Lynch and Russell Wilson, I think, on the... No, they didn't have Marshawn. Uh, not Marshawn, but um, Russell Wilson on the all-decade team. Point is, they had a lot of good players, so they could win off of talent. Pretty much what the Dallas Cowboys are doing right now, or trying to do with um, with with their team in the last couple of years. Essentially, what Seattle and Dallas were, were the exact same team, except Seattle was a lot better defensively than Dallas was defensively. Like, they had pretty much Hall of Famers everywhere. And Chris Richard, by the way, fits into that coaching philosophy of, hey, let's go ahead and beat up, uh, you know, let's just win because we're better. We have the Hall of Famers, blah, 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 right? That's for later, right? That's, That's Jason Garrett's philosophy. That's Chris Richard's philosophy. We can win because we have a bunch of Hall of Famers on our team. We can, you know, just execute and win and blah, 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 blah. This is about <clears throat> this is about two years ago, November 6, 2018. This is against Tennessee. Against Tennessee. And Jason Garrett just got Amari Cooper. Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper. And this is, you know, Amari Cooper's first game as a Dallas uh, as a Dallas Cowboy. Amari Cooper comes in. He's throwing, he's catching passes from Dak Prescott because they're trying to get their, um, their, uh, you know, their, their, their chemistry working, their chemistry together. I don't know what the proper term is. They're trying to get connected, right? And Jason Garrett is seen at a World Series game. Keep in mind, his team is like three and five at this point, right? This team is losing. They are in danger of being like if if it was going on the way that it was going on, they were going to be six and ten. Right? Dak and Amari Cooper, on the other hand, they're like, well, we're serious about winning. We gotta win. We like we're gonna throw out, we're gonna, we're gonna throw and catch footballs. Jason Garrett out of World Series game. In a bye week, by the way. Bye week is a coach's best friend. You go into a bye week, you look at more tape, especially if the team doesn't have doesn't have um, a bye week itself. It's like coming out of the bye week, you're a week rested, you come in, but bada bing, bada boom, you win more football games. Usually, coaches with more time win more football games than other coaches. And Jason Garrett's teams, they always looked unprepared, 
discombobulated, like they hadn't been playing football for a week because of Jason Garrett, because he just wouldn't, he wouldn't, like, he would not coach them. He wouldn't look at tape. He would go to Los Angeles, watch a World Series game. Here's Colin Cowherd talking about the uh, the Dallas Cowboys after uh, Jason Garrett went to watch a World Series while his quarterback and wide receiver were trying to win football games. Last night, the Dallas Cowboys, off a bye, they had two My bad. I was listening to this, like, sped up. Like, I was, li- <laughs> I was listening to this at two times the speed. Hold on. Here it is. What I watched last night was the Dallas Cowboys off a bye. They had two weeks to prepare, and that's what they gave me. That was like showing and inviting all your relatives over for Thanksgiving that you prepared two weeks for and saying, walking out saying, hey, what do, we, what do you guys want to do for dinner? Well, Anybody got any ideas on dinner? Jason Garrett, that was awful. No juice. Two weeks to prepare. 18 first downs off a bye. Under 300 yards total offense on a bye. 72 yards rushing on a bye. 25 uh, 25 minutes time of possession on a bye. That was, that's the kind of game you get fired over. And he didn't. By the way, Andy Reid off a bye is 19-5. and five. Bill Belichick off a bye is 30-13. and 13. Mike McCarthy off a bye is 12-5. and five. New head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Sean Payton, Mike Tomlin, Urban Meyer in college is 24 and 1 off a bye. Jason Garrett sub 500. 4 and 5 off a bye. What does that tell you? That extra time doesn't help this staff and doesn't help Jason Garrett. I don't know what else you got to see. But if you have two weeks to prepare for a test or a date or a party or Thanksgiving or an anniversary, you can't mail it in with that. And what's really troubling for Dallas, they were terrible in the red zone. Well, what is the red zone? It play calling, situational, execution. For the record, the Tennessee Titans were playing off a bye. Did you notice how great they were on third down? They were excellent. That's the best Marcus Mariota's ever been in a third down. Did you notice how good the Titans were in the red zone? Four to five trips a touchdown. The only issues the Titans had last night are fumbles, and that has nothing to do with coaching. I mean, that was embarrassing. The Titans offensive coordinator was the Rams OC a year ago. Uh, um, Matt LaFleur. He had two. Matt LaFleur, current head coach of the Green Bay Packers, just went to the NFC Championship game with the Green Bay Packers. Just drafted Jordan Love, by the way. But see how you're starting to see some of these pieces come together. Mike Vrabel's coaching staff, they go off, they go to Green Bay. Offensive coordinator from Rams when the Rams had a great season the year prior to this. This happened in 2018. Rams were great in 2017, offensively. Matt LaFleur, Titans' new OC. Technically, Colin has this wrong. Uh, Matt LaFleur wasn't the offensive coordinator in the Ram- for the Rams. He was the uh, the quarterback's coach. Or I may, I may have that wrong, actually. I don't know. I may have that wrong. But long story short, like we all know that it's Sean, Sean McVay calling the plays. Goes to the Rams, torches Dallas, continuing forward. Weeks to prepare. You see what you got there in Tennessee? Marcus Mariota, that's as good as he's ever been situationally. And Jason Garrett and Dak, that, and here's the amazing thing about Jason Garrett. It's not like he was a popular player. It's not like he has a big personality. It's not like he's a legend. I get firing Tom Landry was hard. I get 
if Troy Aikman was the coach of the Cowboys. That would be a hard guy to fire. That would reverberate through the Dallas Metroplex, right? I get that. Jason Garrett's not a big personality. His resume is nine years, 500 coach, the only exception when he leads the league in rushing. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> I mean, that, you don't get that very often. I mean, there are statement wins and there are statement losses at home, off a bye, against a struggling offense, and you made that offense. If it wasn't for fumbles, I don't even think I'm – I'm not even embellishing. If it's not for fumbles, that game could have been 28-0. 28-14 final score, by the way. Dallas Cowboys lost. In horrific fashion, I might add, because I watched this full game. And I, and I thought to myself, because the Dallas Cowboys, they came out swinging Amari Cooper, first touchdown of his career – and then uh, it all went downhill from there. The defense was horrible. And and this is the defense, by the way, the best defense that Dallas has had in a very, very long time. And uh, they stunk up the joint, 28-14. Offense wasn't very good either. What else does Jerry Jones need to see? That was brutal. I mean, that we got nine years of a 500 coach. And I'm telling you, when you look at the best coaches in football off a bye, they all win generally twice as much as they lose. Tomlin, Peyton, Belichick, McCarthy, Gruden even, Reed, Harbaugh. Look at their winning percentages off a of bye, 650, 750. John Harbaugh, 10 and 2. Urban Meyer, 24 and 1. Nick Saban's record. What was that? That was atrocious. 14 days to prepare and you and Dallas was situationally embarrassing. <clears throat> Again, he said it, uh, most of the head coaches in the league that have had 10-plus years. And the reason why everybody compares uh, Jason Garrett to other head coaches is because of his tenure, not because of his actual skill. Meaning that if you give a head coach, a John Harbaugh, an Andy Reid, a, uh, maybe not a John Gruden, um, but because he hasn't had 10 years yet, and he, he's been out of the league for the majority of his, you know, of the last 20 years. But Mike McCarthy, Bill Belichick, Mike Tomlin, Sean Payton, if you give these guys 10 years, they're going to win you a Super Bowl. You give Jason Garrett 10 years, two playoff games. And again, I saw this on the bye, not on the bye week, but I was like, this is the game for me. This was This was the game for me where Jason Garrett should have been fired. Immediately, like Jerry Jones should have been like, dude, Quarterback, wide receiver, they're playing, man. They're trying to win. They're trying to go out and win, which is why I've always been so high on Dak Prescott for stuff like this. His head coach is making terrible decisions, not going in, studying the tape, helping out the football team to win because he probably thinks, oh, we're done. We're out. We're three and five. Dak Prescott's like, no, I'm not going to let you ruin this football team. You ruin this season. I'm going to will this team to a playoff, to a playoff berth, and we're going to win our first playoff game in almost six years. And I thought in 2019 he could overcome Jason Garrett, but Jason Garrett literally took the football out of Dak Prescott's hands in some of those football games. In fact, in most of those football games, because I'm trying to tell you something, man, they should have ran the offense through Dak Prescott last year and probably the year before but they were like let's run it with Zeke Zeke had 300 carries in 2019 
Every, he led the league in rushing 2018. Dallas has not won a Super Bowl yet. Everybody's like, you know, Zeke, Zeke is the way that the offense runs through. Zeke is the dude, right? We don't win a daggone Super Bowl. I don't care if we go to the playoffs. We don't win a Super Bowl. He is terrible coming out of a bye week. I got more Jason Garrett stuff. Do I got, do, but what should I cover? Where should I consider, where should I go? I got it. Let's go back to the first take place because the first take interview, because uh, the, these guys on first take, they, they provided a lot of pushback for the notion that Jason Garrett is better than Mike Zimmer and Mike, uh, Mike Tomlin. Let's continue forward with this. Yeah, made any decisions, defining decisions in his coaching career that made you go, wow, I can't believe that. You know know what he has done? He's made decisions that go, that make you go, wow, that is the most conservative. Exactly. You got Ezekiel Elliott, it's fourth down, you need one yard, and you're punting from midfield, basically. No, but the the point is. So his bad decisions are overblown. All the coaches on that list have bad decisions. But but they got good decisions, too. He has good ones, too. To Keyshawn's point, when Tony Romo was out, they went 13-3. and So he he was able to coach that team. 13-3 and with who? With Dak Prescott. That was Ezekiel Elliott. Rookie year. Ezekiel Elliott. You were on this show yesterday saying you need to give him. 35 million dollars a year. He's good. Well, so if he was good, good. so what is so if he's good, then he had a good quarterback. It can't be, it can be both. It can be both. You can have a good quarterback and a good coach. And you're you're comparing to Bill Parcells. Obviously, I'm not comparing to Bill Parcells. I'm comparing them coaches. I'm just saying he's he's better than you guys. Your argument is that Jason Garrett. I agree, like, sometimes he gets underrated. If he's 17, that sounds about right to me. Maybe a tick high. He's like a middle-of-the-pack type guy, more in or all less. Honesty, in all honesty, that list is about right. There's about 10 head coaches in the NFL that are different. That are, that are different. Yep. And then the rest of them dudes, get them out. Yeah, Get them out. They're, they're interchangeable, but Garrett's yeah. one of those guys. But, but my point with Garrett is if you look at the Cowboys roster, look at what he had to work with, and you give him all this credit for success. No playoff wins. What do you have to quarterback? What do you mean no playoff wins? I'm talking about with it, one playoff win this last. Two playoff wins. No, how do you? He won one with Romo. First first and foremost, um, this guy being ticky tacky and saying that oh he won two playoff games, bro he won two playoff games in ten years. That shit ain't good enough. He's got all decade players everywhere. Zeke probably in a couple of years would have probably been an all decade player. Zeke's probably a Hall of Famer. Amari Cooper's the best route runner in the league. He's got. One of the highest paid, he's got the highest paid Dallas Cowboy in, in Demarcus Lawrence. Pro bowlers everywhere. All pro dudes everywhere. He can't win two fucking, he, he's only won two games in 10 years. Des Bryant, at the peak of his career, was easily top three. Top three. Tony Romo, peak of his career, probably, I would say, good year, probably, I'll, I'll admit it, probably top five. But it was year to year. It wasn't like every single year he was playing like a top five quarterback. It was like, you know, sometimes he would play play like a top 10, maybe top 13. Other years, 2014, top five. I'm not going to shortchange Romo on that. So you have a top five quarterback, a top three wide receiver. DeMarco Murray, peak of his career, again, he's a top running back in the league. By top running back, I mean the top running back. You got the offensive line, Travis Frederick, Zach Martin, Tyron Smith at the peaks of their career, and on and on and on and on and on, on, right? One playoff game, one playoff berth. Dak Prescott, one playoff win. Two playoff berths, four years. Dak Prescott, pretty good quarterback, by the way. Ezekiel Elliott, great running back. Offensive line, same fucking thing. 
two playoff wins in 10 years. Don't, don't, you can shortchange Jason Garrett because he don't got a lot of change to give out, to get back, excuse me. I'll talk about with this roster since the quarterback changeover, right? Do you have a quarterback? Check. Do you have an offensive line? Check, check. Check, check. Do you have a running back? Check, 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 check. Do you have wideouts? Check, 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 check. Do check, you check, have check. a defense? Check, check, He's check, check, check. Every single thing he needs, and you give him credit for just making the playoffs. No, I'm not giving him credit for making the playoffs. I'm giving him credit for winning the division, being the number one overall seed. That's or the, fine. Or no, number two He's seed not a year. top Football. team. First and foremost, number number one seed for one year. That was 2016. I'm not counting 2000. I'm not. I'm not doing 2016 anymore. So, you may ask me, 24, what is all this? Because the whole point of this, this is just hearsay. This is just like, you know, looking at his looking at his numbers, looking at things of that nature. You may be asking yourself, 24, how does this, how is this, like, why does this matter? You said he shouldn't be a head coach ever again. You even said that the NFC East divisional rival in the New York Giants one of the worst enemies of the Dallas Cowboys. You would not wish Jason Garrett on that football team. What makes him ineligible for a quarterback, not a quarterback coach, as a head coach? Jeff Cavanaugh, 105.3, the fam. He's the insider. He's the guy with a lot of inside information. Stuff that I, I was about to say shit. Stuff that I didn't even know about. On top of the the George Iloka thing with Chris Rashard, I'll, I'll kind of talk about that, that, or Jeff will talk about that. But he'll talk about stuff that I didn't even know was going on on the football team last year. Jeff Cavanaugh, 105.3, the fam. That's not to mention that their linebacker coach had a disagreement and couldn't get along, apparently, with Jalen Smith. And then somehow that led to a disagreement, apparently, allegedly, with Chris Richard. And suddenly your guy is told to go home and not come to work for a couple of weeks. So clearly, the guy calling your defense was inept. The linebacker coach was inept. The special teams coordinator is now in scouting. He'd never been a special teams coordinator before. He's basically a grad assistant. And so your special teams were atrocious. So before I let Jeff Kavanaugh go on, what he's talking about the uh, the guy calling the plays, he's c- talking about Chris Richard and how he wouldn't find ways to mask cover three, you know, George Iloka, and you see this all the time with safeties, them kind of creeping down, walking it down, and, and a good quarterback will be able to recognize, oh, like oh my god, oh, okay, he's creeping down. It, it, the the coverage has now changed; they have disguised it, right? And again, George Iloka was talking about Mike Zimmer, and I find it ironic enough that one of the guys on first take was like, you know what, uh, yeah, Mike Zimmer isn't as good as as um, as Jason Garrett when one player from Mike Zimmer's coaching staff literally becomes worse because he goes to Jason Garrett because they're like, we'll just we'll just package it up. The special teams coordinator, not the special teams coordinator, excuse me, the special teams head coach, by the way. Um, Special teams for Dallas Cowboys, the worst in the league. Inarguably, the worst in the league. Continuing forward, Jeff Kavanaugh, 105.3 The Fan. Your head coach has an influence on your offensive coordinator, and so every time they go on the road or into a tough game, they go into a shell of what they showed at home. 
which was misdirection, guys in motion. Like everything that modern NFL does, they would do it sometimes. But when they would go into a tough environment, they'd go into their little shell because that's what Red was comfortable with. Let's see if we can keep it close and be the better team at executing in the fourth quarter. Now, what he's seen, what he's talking about with executing is the Jason Garrett philosophy. You know, we got to execute. We got to do. You know, we got, we got to do. We 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 just got to be better than them, guys. You know, and it works when again you have Hall of Famers on your offensive line, when you have a Hall of Fame running back, when you got guy, when you got a lot of talent on your football team. It does not work when you are going up against. Teams that are equally as matched, teams that are very, very good, teams with very, very good head coaches. See, the players disguise Jason Garrett as a mediocre head coach. I think he's now below average. And keep in mind, I'm not even done talking and telling you about some of the stuff that happened last year with the Dallas Cowboys. I still got like a couple of clips left. Offensive line, not offensive line, linebacker coach went home because he had a disagreement with Chris Richard. Chris Richard wouldn't disguise his pack, his defensive packages and def, not defense, his quarterbacks were able to read what the defense for the Dallas Cowboys was putting up, which is why probably the Dallas Cowboys defense with all that talent on it got shredded all last year by guys like Jack, Jeff Driscoll and Mitchell Trubisky and Josh Allen. And Tom Brady and Aaron Jones, right? Like, yeah, we don't need to disguise anything. We'll just get ran through like a hot knife runs through warm butter. We'll just lose a whole bunch of football games and make it impossible for for our offense to win football games because our defense gets exploited all the time that it's on the football field. And before, and this is the thing that pisses me off about the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, especially for the last couple of years, and how people were like, you know what we got to do? We got to run the football. I'll, I'll, I'll be like every fan or every person who, who talks about the Dallas Cowboys. We got one football, and we got to make sure our defense is on the football field. You know what the Chicago Bears do? They put their defense on the football field because it's their strength. You know what the Patriots do? They put their defense on the field because it's their strength. They don't try and hide their defense because their defense can't go out on the field and get exposed. Right, That only happens in Dallas. Notice what happened to Mike Zimmer's defense for the majority of the year. Not when they played D- Dallas, of course, because Dallas shredded him up. But Mike D- Zimmer's defense, even when they were shredding, even when they were getting shredded by Dak Prescott and company, they were also getting some clean hits on Dak Prescott and company as well because of the blitzes that Dak Prescott had to read and the coverages that he had to read. Like Dak was phenomenal during that Minnesota football game. But he had to recognize and read what Mike McCarthy, not Mike McCarthy's, Mike Zimmer's defense was, or else he would have gotten blasted, and Dallas probably would have won, lost by 40 fucking points because the defense gave up so many damn points. It was ridiculous. But the long and the short of it is, ladies and gentlemen, Jason Garrett continues to astound me by how horrific of a head coach he is. And I remember people talking about how how um how how Jason Garrett would not have drafted CD Lamb. I'm a big fan and big believer in Will and Will McClay. He's the guy that does most of the scouting and most of the uh, the drafting for the Dallas Cowboys. 
and I was like, you know what? He's probably the dude that's in, uh, that's 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 like responsible for the drafts. But then I take a look at this draft, this last draft. Just wait for dudes to fall to you, get players, things of that nature. And then I look at what the Dallas Cowboys did in the last couple of years. Some of the quote-unquote busts, like Tristan Hill, Taco Charlton. They were dudes that were supposedly supposed to have a bunch of talent, especially Tristan Hill. When you look at some of the guys that Dallas got, and this is Jerry, by the way, like guys like Randy Gregory, Alden Smith, but Jason also co-signed it. Randy, um, not Randy Gregory, what's his name? Greg Hardy as well, when he was here with Dallas. Dudes with a lot of talent, but at the same token, they got off the field issues. Then you look at their draft. You look at Tristan Hill, Taco, talent, 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 talent. Not coaching, talent. Not coachable guys, talent. And you look at some of the busts, the quote-unquote busts, because Tristan Hill, we'll see in the next year to two years. Tristan Hill, nobody likes him. Uh, uh, nobody, No Dallas Cowboy fan likes him. You look at, uh, what's his face? Taco Charlton, third team, three years. Drafted by Dallas in the first round. Released, got picked up by Miami on waivers. Released by them, now he's a Kansas City Chief. They drafted for team need. Oh, we gotta have an edge rusher. Oh, we got to have an interior guy, right? T.J. Watt was there, by the way. He's one of the best pass rushers in the league. You guys know about T.J. Watt, J.J. Watt's younger brother. He was there. Everybody was like, this is the guy. Dallas is like, nope. We're going Taco Charlton. The reason why he's called Taco Charlton is that his name is so unpronounced yet. You cannot pronounce this dude's name that everybody just calls him Taco Charlton. I, I don't know what his first name is. How, what's his first name? I'm going to type this dude's name into Google Translate, and I'll just see how they enunciate it. Hold on. Hold on. Vedanti. Vedanti. That's his name. Vedanti Charlton. So they move off of him. Dallas moves off of him. By the way, um, on top of having one of the worst special teams in all of football in the Dallas Cowboys uh, last year, you also have easily the worst kicker in all of football. And I cannot believe some people tried to defend Brett Maher. I cannot believe, and I won't mention their names, but I cannot believe people were trying to defend Brett Maher and how terrible he was last year. But you know what? They're all gone. Brett Maher's gone. Jason Garrett is gone. I got some more Jason Garrett info. Don't worry. I'm not done yet. But I cannot believe that Jason Garrett was like, you know what? After seeing Brett Maher's inconsistency for about half a year, we're just going to move off of him. And worse yet, he didn't even... He didn't even get somebody to compete with Brett Maher. He was just like, we're good. He's good enough. 
Kicker doesn't matter. Special teams don't matter. Even though it's the third of the team, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. So we won't even get a guy to compete with Brett Maher. We won't even bring in like a Dan Bailey or somebody else like that. What we're going to do is uh, maybe he was picked off. Uh, maybe he was picked up already by, by Minnesota already. It's like, nope, we're just, uh, just going to freaking do the dumbass thing and just wing it with Maher for another half a year, right? And we'll just not be good at, at kicking the football. A lot of people said he. Um, a lot of people said Brett Maher is the reason why the Dallas Cowboys didn't win a lot of football games last year. Didn't go 10 10, 10, and, 10 and 6, excuse me. But then I kind of think about the draft. I go back to the draft. It's like, well, the Dallas Cowboys probably would have gone for C.D. Lamb because that's the kind of that's the question that people keep on posing. Maybe not even the question, but the statement that people keep on saying: Jason Garrett would not have drafted C.D. Lamb. The more I think about it, the more I listen to it, and you'll listen to some other stuff as well. The more I think about it, the more I listen to it, I'm like, I kind of agree. Because um, Mike McCarthy, apparently he had a veto. He had like, like, let me, like, let me veto this because they were going to essentially draft the players that they wanted to draft and da-da-da-da-da. But, and apparently Mike McCarthy had a veto in the veto that he used, one veto that he used on the draft was for C.D. Lamb. And they got him. And they picked him up. And he's going to be great for Dallas this year. Because what Mike McCarthy runs is 11 personnel. Three three wide receivers, one tight end, one wide receiver. Not one tight end, one wide receiver. One um, running back. One, one running back, one tight end. That's 11 personnel. He loves that personnel. And what you're doing with 11 personnel is you're spreading out the defense, right? So now it's like, oh, okay, you want to play the run? Guess what? We have three receivers. Oh, wait, you want to play the pass? Guess what? We have a tight end and a running back. So we can block and run. Have fun dealing with that. You want to drop more dudes in a coverage? Have fun with Zeke. You want to you want to stop the run? Have fun with C.D. Lamb. And you know what's dumb I don't know if you guys remember this, but um, with the George Iloka interview, he said like, hey, uh, he was uh, Mike McCarthy, not Mike McCarthy, Chris Richard was like, we want you to throw on our eight-man box. We don't want you to run it. We want you to throw on our eight-man box. Again, when you have Richard Sherman as your corner and Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor as your safeties, it's like that kind of works. But when you have Cheeto and when you have Byron Jones and Xavier Woods and all these other dudes that aren't Hall of Famers, doesn't necessarily work out the same way. And your defense gets shredded because for some weird reason, uh, he, he, he taught them this one technique called the kick step. That's popularized, popular, popularized in Seattle. Only Seattle does this. And Cheeto, Cheeto Bayouzier, he was going to uh, to a trainer, and he was like, listen, man, like we only do one thing in Dallas, and that's the kick step, and that's it. So can you teach me about the kick step? And he's like, sure. He was trying to teach him all of these different techniques to get off the line of scrimmage, but guess what? Christian Richard only has one fucking way of doing things. It's literally a defensive version of Jason Garrett, and Jeff Cavanaugh will continue with, um, with what I'm talking about further. 
but just this whole concept of we're better than you offensively and defensively. We're so much better than you that we can literally show you and tell you what you're going to do, what we're going to do, and you can't stop it does not fucking work. That's tough guy shit. That's not football. That's like elementary, college, and high school level football. That's not the pros where everybody is fucking good and everybody has all pro college athletes and these big, like these dudes lift weights and play football for a fucking living. These aren't high school dudes that have to go to school and eat their Wheaties to, uh, to, you know, to come out on the football field and start playing in some tights. It's like, come on. Like Drew Brees at 40, I'm watching him on my television, uh, on my television screen. He's 40 years old. He looks like he would smoke high schoolers. Like running, not, not obviously he would smoke them throwing, but running it. Like he's an athletic dude at 40. He lifts weights. I'm watching the Saints cut through the 49ers offense defense like a hot knife runs through warm butter. Like a lion would cut through a wounded gazelle in the African Serengeti. Richard Sherman looks dazed and I'm watching him on my damn TV. They just threw an in-breaking route, a slant to Mike Thomas for nine yards. They're already inside the red zone. I'm I'm just going to cast this 49ers versus Saints game. It's going to be second and one at the 15-yard line. Drew Brees under center right now. Latavius Murray in the backfield. They're going to give it to him. He's already inside the four, three-yard line. It's like second and one. We got the greatest football, one of the greatest football players of all time in Drew Brees. But we also got Kamara. We also got Latavius Murray. They're running different formations with different personnel like Taysom Hill. He was in blocking as well. Is Jalen Hurts going to fucking block next year? No. And he delivers the key block that sets up for the first down um, for, for Latavius Murray. Taysom Hill did. Is Jalen Hurts going to block next year? It's going to be first and goal now. That's what the Saints, that's what a good coaching staff can do. Have a Hall of Fame head, uh, head coach and a Hall of Fame quarterback. And guess what? It's 13 to 3, the end of, I think, the first quarter. Not 13 to 3, 13 to 7. And they're dominating right now. They lose the game eventually, but like, like this is a pretty good football game to watch um, as I'm talking about the ineptitude of Jason Garrett and his um, horrendous coaching staff. But continuing forward, Jeff Cavanaugh, 105.3, the fan. Couldn't be happier that you have a new coaching staff. And now I believe I'm more confident in taking the over in Vegas. The nine and a half, I believe it's nine and a half that the Cowboys are set. It might be eight and a half, but either way, I'm confident in the over. And I know that Vegas is really good at this. But I believe that not having Jason Garrett holding back the offense not having Chris Richard and Ben Bloom holding back the defense. Oh, and I didn't even mention Amari Cooper couldn't get along with the receiver coach. So your receiver coach couldn't get along with his best player. Your linebacker coach couldn't get along with, or even stay at work all year, couldn't get along with the middle linebacker. Your special teams coach didn't know what he was doing. And your head coach overstayed his welcome by about six or seven years. So holy cow, you've upgraded at four spots without knowing anything about the dudes that are replacing him. That's what you've done. So if you're going over, say it with your chest. I still won't say it with my chest. I'll be like, yeah, I think they're going 11 and 5. I went through the schedule and said 12 and 4, but maybe 11 and 5, maybe 10 and 6. Um, Because I've been scarred too many times. 
But, dude, what a train wreck that coaching staff was. Okay, moving on. Jalen Smith couldn't get along with uh, with Ben Bloom, linebacker coach. Sanjay Lyle, Amari Cooper couldn't get along. Chris Richard couldn't get along with Ben Bloom. He sent his ass. He sent his ass home. He sent his ass home. He was not coaching anymore. So it, it, it explains why the linebacker core. I'm like, why isn't Jalen in position? Why can't Jalen tackle? Where's what's going on with Layton and Sean? Why aren't they doing their jobs? That explains it. Hmm. Got Jason Garrett saying, run the football, run the football. Let me try and find it where Jeff talks about how literally the Dallas Cowboys, uh, the the, uh, the Dallas Cowboys are literally, or Chris Richard sounds exactly like the Dallas Cowboys. Hold on. I I think this is it. This is when he's talking about them being in cover three. Pretty much he's going to talk about what I talked about um, at at the beginning of me talking about the Dallas Cowboys, but I think it's still worth a listen. Keep in mind, Jeff Cavanaugh, he's affiliated with the Dallas Cowboys. He runs a radio show that always has Cowboy players, and and it's not like, oh, okay, they go on to a random radio show. Like I think they, they operate out of the star, which is where, like, the players practice and things of that nature. So sure. It's big enough that you can read it. Um, Uh, this is really unfortunate. Um, this is Cowboys defensive coach, Chris Richard a year ago, George Iloka. If you guys remember him, he was a veteran safety that they signed. Apparently in practice was trying to disguise that they were in cover three because Cowboys run a lot of cover three. We have a deep safety. Your corners have the deep sideline. That's cover three, right? Cowboys run a lot of that. Their base is cover three or man defense. And apparently Chris Richard, if you try to disguise the cover three, would yell at you. What are you doing? Well, I'm trying to not let them know exactly what we're doing, coach. Nah, that's not what we do, which, man, doesn't that sound like Jason Garrett on offense? Doesn't it just sound like the same guy where Jason Garrett will tell you, you're like, hey, why didn't you guys, uh, you know, score enough points? Why didn't you convert that first down? Why didn't you whatever? And his answer will be, we didn't execute. You know, I set him up. I called a play where I had seven guys there to block. There were seven gaps, and all we had to do was perfectly block everybody, and it was going to work great. Like, that's cutting-edge football. Yeah, we just – yeah, you got to execute. It's true. It's totally true. And on individual plays, you can look back at those plays and say, hey, they didn't convert this play because this player did this and this and this, and that guy got beat, and now the guy had to cut back, and he couldn't hold his block and blah, blah, blah. Sure, that's the explanation for why a lot of plays don't work. But the best coaches in the league, their teams execute because they're setting them up for success, because there's an element of misdirection. There's some surprise going on. But I just want to recount the giant train wreck that was last year's coaching staff for the Dallas Cowboys, okay? So your de facto defensive coordinator, I know technically Marinelli had that title, but your defensive coordinator was Chris Richard. He was calling the defense, and you weren't allowed to disguise what you were doing. Like, do you guys want to know why Mitch Trubisky and Jeff Driscoll and insert other bad quarterback was able to shred the Cowboys' defense because they're the only defense in football 
that would let young quarterbacks come into the game and look up at the line and go, okay, it looks like this, and that's exactly what it was. Make a quarterback uncomfortable. Don't run out a billboard that says, here's our plan. What you going to do about it? Because then every play that they run, you get to the line, and Mitch Trubisky, who's not a good quarterback, is lining up going, all right, yep, that's cover three, which means this route combination, here's my read, I'm going to throw there, and suddenly everybody's a freaking pro bowler against you. So that was Chris Richard, the Jason Garrett of uh, of defense. <clears throat> And that explains a lot about the Dallas Cowboys last year. That explains a lot about how the Dallas Cowboys could not win a a lot of football games last year. That explains why the Dallas Cowboys, when they had the most talent on one team in almost 20 years, went 8-8. And that's also why I'm saying it with my chest. They're winning 10-plus games this year. Book it. Book it. C.D. Lamb. Ezekiel Elliott. Dak Prescott. Amari Cooper. Michael Gallup. That defense. It's going to be better. You know, anyone who keeps... Like, everybody's saying, like, <clears throat> Everybody keeps saying, you know, oh, this it's gonna be same old, same old with the Dallas Cowboys. They're just gonna, you know, they're gonna talk, talk, walk the walk, and you know what? I'll give people their credit. I'll give, you know, we've we've done that before. We're not adverse to it. I'll give, you know, I'll give it. I'll give it to them. But when you have a dude who's run the same offense for like six, seven years, when you have a uh, a coach that literally is sending other coaches home. He's not the defensive coordinator, by the way. Chris Richard was not the defensive coordinator. He he was not it by title. He was by it by he was by the defensive coordinator by job. And I could not believe how many people were like, you know what? Chris Richard could get it, uh, could needs like a head coaching job, right? He should be considered for the head coaching job, and I, uh, not only for the Dallas Cowboys but for other teams as well. And I was like, are you fucking serious? What was the worst group on the Dallas Cowboys last year? Secondary. Then other people were like, well, you know what, uh, like, like I was surprised, not other people, but I myself was surprised why Seattle gave his ass up. I was like, man, that's a steal. He's a great coach, right? He had the Legion of Boom. And it turns out the Legion of Boom had him. The Legion of Boom got him. Three fucking Hall of Famers, Earl, Cam, Sherman. Multiple pro bowlers on that defensive side of the football. They got so many pro bowlers on the defensive side of the football, they can give them away to Kansas City. Not sign them, have them retire. And they're like, oh yeah, we're, we're still pretty good. And I got to look at Jason Garrett's behind. I got to look at it. I got to look at him clap on the sideline. I got to look at Jerry and Steven talk about how much they love Jason Garrett. I got to listen to Jane Slater a year ago talk about how much you know, the Dallas Cowboys should go with him if I'm those guys. I got to listen to people talk about how he's a good head coach. It's like, let's see how good he does with Saquon in a bad offensive line. 
let's see how good he does with a rookie. And everybody t- keeps on talking about how how he 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 developed quote unquote Dak Prescott. And I put developed in quotes. Yes, because Dak did not learn the Dak dance from Jason Garrett. And I think I mentioned it about uh, like a couple of days ago. He did not learn that from him. He learned that from Tom House. He learned how to throw from Tom House. He learns how to read defense from experience and by hard work. Most of that did not have anything to do with Jason Garrett, especially when he is not developing the quarterback the way that you would develop a quarterback. You would ease him into the offense. You wouldn't have your entire offense in the run game. You wouldn't do that. So, anyways. Jason Garrett, bad coach. I'm, I'm going to say it with my chest. 10 and 6. 10 and 6. Nobody's going to stop us. 10 and 6 minimum. I'm going to say 13 and 3. Potentially, maybe 14 and 2. I don't see a lot of teams beating Dallas. Especially when the head coach actually knows what he's doing. And isn't participating in the winning. Sick of this. Jason Garrett's a good head coach. Yeah, we should, we should, I, I gotta play this, I gotta play this clip of Rich Eisen and Jane Slater again, because this irks me. To listen to this, to listen to like, why, why doesn't he get any credit, Jane? I don't know, because he doesn't deserve any of the credit. Beckham Jr. and Antonio Brown and the Raiders and Le'Veon Bell and the Jets. Let me turn it down, my bad. We haven't really talked about the Cowboys, and I think maybe that's a good thing, finally. Jane Slater here on the Rich Eisen Show, um... Garrett, how come he doesn't get the credit? I'm sur- because he doesn't he doesn't get any credit. He doesn't deserve any credit. He doesn't do anything, Rich. Come on, man. Another guy talking about how he's better than Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin didn't have Ben Roethlisberger. Let me pull up Mason Rudolph and Ducky Hodges' numbers. You know, Mason Rudolph. Everybody feels bad for him because he got hit over the top of the head with with the helmet. And Ducky Hodges won a duck calling championship. Let me look up their numbers for you. What are his numbers? Because I, I can't wait to read off the five interceptions, the five touchdowns, eight interceptions, thousand yards, sixty-two percent completion percentage, seventy-one point four passer rating, which is significantly below the ninety-one, ninety-two per, uh, not, yeah, ninety-one, um, ninety-one to ninety-two passer rating, significantly below average. Let's look up Mason Rudolph. Let's check out his numbers. Thirteen touchdowns, nine interceptions. Again, significantly below passer rating, eighty-two. But good, good completion percentage at sixty-two point two percent. Steelers record. Let me check that. Hold on. It's weird. It's like, just just show me their record. How are you not showing me? Just show me their freaking record. Eight and eight, ladies and gentlemen. Starting quarterback was, was, was injured for the entire season. The, uh, the freaking wide receiver, Juju Smith-Schuster, he was hurt. Running game wasn't as stout and as good as it used to be. Particularly because, uh, what's his name? Uh, 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 Le'Veon Bell wasn't there. 
defense started to come alive later on in the season with the acquisition of Minka Fitzpatrick. But 8-8 eight and eight in today's NFL would have gotten you to the playoffs because they would have been the seventh seed because there's now going to be seven teams going to the playoffs. One game away from the playoffs, ladies and gentlemen. Everything went wrong for them. They almost made it to the playoffs. Dallas, not everything went right for them. Well, they still had players. They still had Coop. Coop was hurt, but he still had like 1,300 yards. Zeke was still, I think, a 1,300-yard running back. It's like, dude, you can't win 10 fucking games and we're playing up against the AFC East and the NFC North. You had a win. You had them by the balls. Excuse me. You had Minnesota by the balls, and you take it out of Ze- and take it out of Dak's hands and put it into Zeke's hands. You can't make tackles. You didn't fire Chris Richard or Rod Marinelli or the or Ben Bloom or the special teams coordinator. You didn't do Jack. It was your last fucking year, and you put up probably the most anemic year that I've ever seen for a coach, a head coach. And then people want to be like, he's a good co- he's a good coach. He deserves to have another shot at being a head coach. Seriously? Nobody's saying that about Jeff Fisher. Nobody's saying that about him. And he has more 8-8 eight eight wins than Jason Garrett. He's out. He's done. He's He may not be a coach. What, what does he do now? What does Jeff Fisher do now? What does he do? What is his job? He holds the record for the most regular season losses by an NFL head coach at 165, tied with Dan Reeves. Fisher's career has been noted. That I'm leading his Wikipedia page, by the way. Fisher's career has been noted for an overall lack of success, having only obtained six winning seasons and postseason appearances in over two decades in the NFL. Do you want to take a shot at how many winning seasons where you can go to the playoffs that that he has had? And by he, I mean Jason Garrett. He's had three. So he's right on track with being Jeff Fisher. He's had the 2014 season. And I'm not talking about, oh, okay, they were nine and seven, but they missed the playoffs. Um, uh, like, like he was for Dallas, like he was for Dak in 2017. I'm talking about, oh no, you, you had enough games to go to the playoffs. He had three in 10 years. Literally on pace to being one of the, one of the like, like um, most losing his head coaches of all time. With Jeff Fisher. And everybody's going to mention his overall record. I don't give a fuck about his overall record. What did he do as a head coach? Didn't do a whole lot. What does he do now? I don't know. He's out of a job. But he's not as likable as Jason Garrett. So Jason Garrett gets another job. He, he's, a, he's now coaching for the Giants. I kid you not. I would not want to wish Jason Garrett on my worst enemy. One of them is the Giants. That's how bad he is. That's that's how much I don't like Jason Garrett as a coach. They had a black sheep running around. Sheep, excuse me. Not a black sheep. A black cat running around that stadium. They got two now. People tell, told me this dude could beat the Dallas Cowboys next year. 
Dallas is going to fucking crush the Giants offensively. Then defensively, because they don't got anyone on defense. But that whole Jason Garrett philosophy, let's be better and bigger, and everybody keeps on talking about him as an offensive coordinator. Well, they ran his offense for six, seven years. How many Super Bowls did it give him? How many playoff wins did it give him? I can answer that. Zero and two. That's how many Super Bowls they had. That's how many playoff wins they had. Try that again. He should be an offensive coordinator. He's a good offensive coordinator. How? His whole game plan is offense, and the offense was inconsistent as hell as last year. And the uh, last year, excuse me. The only reason why it wasn't was because Kellen Moore actually, when he was able to 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 call games his way, they were extremely well called, uh, extremely great. Greatly called games, excuse me. I'm sick and tired of the whole Jason Garrett is 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 good and he's he's not mediocre. His record is eight and eight. He's got four seasons out of ten of eight and eight. He's got two seasons where he's got three seasons where he's gone to the playoffs. Has it been two? I think it's been two seasons, not three, two seasons where this dude has gone to the playoffs. No, it's been three, 13 and three season. My bad. Three seasons, two seasons where he's won. And you want to tell me he deserves a head coaching job. You, 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 you want to tell me at least when Mike McCarthy, right? At least when he, when he had gotten fired by green Bay, at least he had taken a year off. People were like, let's just hire him again. We like Jason Garrett. We really, really like him. Like, what about him? Besides, and remember, remember the James Slater. I'll, I'll play you the James Slater quote, and then we'll be out. No, I don't got it anymore because I exit. I was so disgusted with that. Remember what she said? She said about how he, how nice he was, and how he had how how he had talked to her father, and how he had like done all this nice stuff for him, and how he had texted her a really, really nice long text message. That's great. That's fantastic. That's great, you know, that he that you know, he he spoke with her father and things of that nature. But how does that win us football games? I'm sorry. I'm in the business of winning. I'm not in the business of losing football games. And that's what we were in the business of with Jason Garrett as our head coach. Losing a whole bunch of football games. I'm not I'm not being facetious. I would not wish this on the New York Football Giants. If he becomes the uh the, the New York football Giants head coach, I'm literally going to start having to consider just thinking hard and, and feeling bad about the New York Giants because they just got one of the worst coaches in the league in Jason Garrett. And trust me, trust me, because everybody's talking about how Saquon is going to have a bounce back year next year. Oh yeah, he will because they'll give him the football. But make no mistake about it, ladies and gentlemen. Saquon Barkley and the New York football Giants are going nowhere fast. I remember when we broke up the first time Saying this is it, I've had enough Cause like we hadn't seen each other in a month When you said you needed space What? Then you come around again and say Baby, I miss you and I swear I'm gonna change Trust me, Ladies how that lasted for a day And gentlemen I say I hate you, we break up You call me This has been 24's podcast The best video gaming and sports podcasts on the entire internet. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes I listen to Taylor Swift when I get a little bit sad and angry. She's a fantastic artist. She's
she's a marvel of her time. But most importantly, I talk a lot of noise about the Dallas Cowboys in video games, sometimes. Um, you, if you like this podcast, you can find this podcast literally where you can find podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Spotify, and Radio Public. I mean, that's a lot of different outlets. I don't know of any pa- podcast that you can't find 24's podcast on. I'm not going to lie. If, I, if I'm not on that podcast, if I'm not on a site, you'll find me there very, very soon. Tomorrow I'll be back to recast, to recap, excuse me, The Last Dance and probably how it affects and how it kind of ties into what's going on with with the NFL and Dak's contracts because everybody's going to be talking about Dak and all this other BS again. By the way, I'm watching Sean Payton and Drew Brees talk. Sean is like, I don't give a fuck about the defense or the special teams. I'm just going to talk to my goddamn quarterback. But ladies and gentlemen, until my next podcast, I hope you have a fantastic day. I will because I'll be listening to, t- to Taylor Swift. T-Swizzle. But until my next podcast, I hope you have a fantastic day. And I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.